0: All right, welcome back to and May's Infinite Podcast. It's just me, well, not just me this time. I've got a couple guests here, but Manny is not here, mostly because the topic of this episode is something Manny could not possibly care less about, but I'll tell you all about that in a second. I've got two guests with me today, not just one. So the first guest... You guys have all met before. You have heard him on our James Bond episodes. We've got Bobby Mitchell back from Bobcat. What's up, Bobby?
1: Hey, Nick. How's it going? You know, it's it's going. Right. Um, but yeah, I'm glad to be back on. Thanks for having me. Football is one of my favorite topics to talk about. We'll see if it goes four hours like Bond last time when we just looked <laughs> up to two episodes. But um, yeah, I'm excited. Should be a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it will. It might it might go four hours just because we have another person here. We have a first-time guest, but another friend of ours from our Discord server, We've got Arcadio, our buddy Arcadio Castellanos. What's up, Arcadio?
2: Hi, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, a little nervous. Nah, you're good. I, I'm a I'm a pretty big football fan too, so I I've, I feel pretty good about this one.
0: I feel like that's why I had you on is because you're a football <clears throat> fan, both of ya. It's almost like that was the whole reason we're doing this. Um, yeah, I was nervous the first time, and I still get nervous. Like, I've, right before we start recording, I told you the stuff that makes me nervous on this show to this day. So we're talking about the NFL today, because the NFL season just wrapped up. And Bobby and I, on our Bond episode, we talked a little bit about football. We, I think we had like 10, 15 minutes of football discussion around the middle of the season. And that was really fun. And I had the idea a couple weeks ago that we were going to have a full NFL season uh, recap after uh, the Super Bowl ended and the Super Bowl just ended. So we are going to get into that. But before we get into this year, I wanted to ask you guys about how you became a football fan, your football fandom origin story, uh, if you will. So Arcadia, would you like to start?
2: Yeah, sure. Um, I was born into a Raiders fan family. Oh, sorry to hear that. Yeah. My dad, my uncles, uh, they all grew up rooting for the Raiders. Um, My uncle used to take my dad and my other uncle to games and stuff. And um, they got uh, season tickets when the Raiders came back in 95, back to Oakland, that is. So I've been going to games since I was eight years old and really became a fan of like the sport in early high school, ninth grade, 10th grade. And I've just been obsessed ever since.
0: Yeah, it seems like you're obsessed from the conversations that we've had. And you are a very diehard Raiders fan. I know that because we've had a lot of banter. Um, a lot of good back and forth, especially during this playoff season. Um, we'll course. get into some of that later. Um, Bobby, what about you?
1: Yeah, so it's, with me it started, um, so obviously I'm, I'm from Michigan, and so the Lions have never been a great team in my life pretty much that I can remember. Uh, Barry was when I was real young. So really I started yep. getting into football more through college football early on. Um, my dad went to Michigan, my mom went to Michigan State, uh, so I rooted for both those teams, followed it pretty heavily. Uh, and then I really got into the NFL in my teens, probably. I, I watched it, but then I like really got into it once the Lions drafted Calvin Johnson. And then a couple of years later, Matthew Stafford's so that was 07 and 09. Um, and I've been a huge fan following it since then. And fantasy football has upped that even more. So I know all the players and everything. So, um, you know, I've, I've been watching my whole life, but I've been a big fan ever since the late 2000s, I'd say.
0: Yeah I um as far as I go I'm a little younger than both you guys my origin story I started becoming a fan in 05 so I was seven I was seven years old at that point and my dad was like a big Chiefs fan and I had like kind of followed them I played I think I played Madden 05 the year before and so I kind of knew some of the players from that but I hadn't watched my first game was week one of the 05 season which was the Chiefs and the Jets and uh that was how I learned what 9-11 was, uh, because this, that game took place on uh, September 11th. Uh, so I saw them doing some tribute stuff before the game started, and I was like, what's 9-11? What's this thing they're talking about? So that's how seven-year-old me learned what 9-11 was for the first time, because I was too young to remember it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah um, just turned gray. <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. But yeah, so I started 05. I was pretty much... I don't want to say I was a diehard fan. The 06 season, I remember being a lot of fun. And then 07, they weren't so good. And then they started, the Chiefs had their, down, their downhill spiral in the late 2000s and it sort of lasted until uh, 2013. So I still watch most of the games. I, I fell off on a couple seasons just because I knew the team was helpless. But I would say... Since 2013, when they got Andy Reid and Alex Smith in there, I've been a diehard fan. I don't think I've missed a game. I might have missed a game or like a Monday night game or two in college because of classes. But I've been a a diehard Chiefs fan since then. And obviously, the last few years have been very rewarding because they felt at a certain point like one of those hopeless teams to me because even in my dad's lifetime, they'd never won a Super Bowl. They'd never... Um, they never made it past the AFC Championship game. My dad was born in '72, and the Super Bowl they won was the '69 season, I believe. So it had been a long time. It wasn't as bad of a suffering fan base as some teams were, but some teams, yeah, some teams. Who could I possibly be referring to? <laughs> I've been more fortunate, especially the last few years, than a lot of than a lot of people have been with their teams. So that's been pretty enjoyable, and that's also helped me become a bigger fan of the sport overall. Obviously, fantasy, like you said, we can get into fantasy later as well, um, but that helped me learn all the players beyond just the people on my team. And I think that made me a more well-rounded fan, made me appreciate the games more, made me have a more of a vested interest in watching other games, which just made me a bigger fan of the sport in general. So yeah, that's kind of a little bit about each of us as football fans. Um, we can start getting into this year if we want. I'll start with talking about how each of our teams did. Bobby, do you want to lead off with that? Sure. <laughs> um,
1: so going into this year uh, with the Lions, obviously it was a rebuild from the start. Um, I was pretty excited about the return we got for Stafford in the offseason. Th- everyone kind of seemed like knew that was inevitable, that he was going to be traded. He just couldn't go through another rebuild. So I, I went into it knowing that it wasn't going to be a good year as far as wins, but I was excited to see the young players. I enjoy- I liked the Lions draft, had some good picks. Um, Dan Campbell is, is fun. Uh, i like to see him get better in certain situations, but... Fun guy to listen to. And I think Brad Holmes, our new GM, is a very smart guy. So I'm excited about the future. But this season, I watched all the games, but, you know, I was kind of hoping they would lose for the most part um, so that we could get the (laughs) higher draft pick. Lions ended up with the second pick overall, which, you know, not in the best quarterback year. So I'm kind of hoping we don't go quarterback. But um, Mm -hmm. I'm excited about the draft again. Um, It's really, that's like the Lions Super Bowl every year, is like the Lions sports radio goes crazy over the draft because of that. Uh, but <laughs>
0: this is what we have, damn it.
1: Yep, but you know we bit some kneecaps, yeah. uh, you know, scrapped, and uh, it was a it was a fun year to to actually watch some of the young young players and just a whole new scheme and concept because we've had, you know, even through multiple coaches and everything, just having the constant of Stafford and and kind of a similar offense run for a while, um, you know, it, it was it was refreshing to see a team try to run the ball as much as they did. Uh, and have some success. Um, Jared Goff is definitely not the future, but he played all right, especially in the second half of the year. wasn't as terrible as uh, our friend Elena likes to say. But um, <laughs> you know, it, it, I'm more looking forward to what the Lions do in the next couple years than I am this year. If we ever get into draft talk, I could definitely get into that. But yeah, this is definitely not the podcast to talk about the Lions too much. I mean, I'll, I'll bring them up when I can, but um, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, they they were fun and kind of exciting young team with a fun head coach to listen to, but uh, let's get mm-hmm. into the good teams.
0: Yeah, let's get into the good teams. actually, let's get into the other team. Let's get into the Raiders. Arcadia, what do you got? Oh boy, where to start? Um, <laughs> it so was a, It was a long year for you guys.
2: very long year. Um, so last going into last off season, I was cautiously optimistic because they finally got rid of Paul Gunther, who I thought was a horrible defensive coordinator. And I figured if you could get at least something from the defense, the team could take the next step up because they've had a couple of back-to-back 500, close to 500 years. Um, so they got Gus Bradley, who I think is competent into the drafts. Everybody talks about the reach in the first round, um, Alex Leatherwood. And yeah, I was kind of iffy about that too, but when they got – Trayvon Merrick in the second round, who many thought was the top safety in the draft. I thought that was a great pick, and he showed that during the season. Um, the rest of the draft, they hit on some mid to late rounders as well, like Nate Hobbs, who was absolutely fantastic. The they started the season beating the Ravens on Monday night football in like a comeback game. And so I to me that was just like, oh, they they've taken that next step. They're they're the team to beat. So few weeks go by, and then they start 3-0, and and then they lose to the Chargers on Monday Night Football. And then that's when the bombshell really dropped, of course, with John Gruden being the person that he's been revealed to be, obviously had to let him go, which I was absolutely 100% behind. I did not want the Raiders to make the playoffs if it meant keeping a person like that. They have Rich Passaccia take over. And then a couple of weeks later, another big bombshell hits. Henry Ruggs gets into a car crash, claims somebody's life, which was absolutely awful. Everybody assumed that the season was over after that, my, including myself. Obviously, the biggest issue was the person that lost their life, of course. But we're talking about football here. A couple of weeks go by. The Raiders get blown out by the Chiefs twice in a span of like three weeks. So I, I just assumed right. they were done. I That's right. Yeah. Yep. I gave them their last rights, and then somehow <laughs> they end up winning four games in a row at the end of the season to make the playoffs, including that game two seventy three or whatever it was the the overtime thriller to end the season. Oh
0: my God, that game. I was that was crazy. I was, was on my knees game. crying.
2: I was on my knees crying <laughs> at the end of the game. It was just I, I I live and bleed for this team. And then the the playoff game. You know, uh, as much as I like to say that they got screwed over, they they had plenty of opportunities to to score some points in that game, to make it more of a contest. What can you do? But yeah, going, and now going into this off season, how they got rid of Bissachia, got rid of basically the whole coaching staff and brought in these new people, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. I think they have some good building blocks for the next couple years.
1: Yeah. Really quick before Nick steps in Arcadio, just as someone on the outside, looking into the Raiders, what are your thoughts on, on Derek Carr as a quarterback? Do you think he's, the future do you want him to stick around or do you want them to kind of move on uh from him in that contract
2: yeah so I I do have some thoughts on Derek Carr um (laughs) my thoughts are that he's a pretty good quarterback I would have him as my quarterback over maybe 20 other starting quarterbacks in the league I I think I can call him like a top 12 if not maybe top 14 you know in this league you definitely you want to have those top guys like your Patrick Mahomes and uh, Josh Allens and all that but that's only for a fortunate number of teams so I think he's earned an extension I believe he's better than any option they'd go out and try to get and I think the team still has a window to get even better with him behind center so I think at least maybe a three-year extension something in the realm of like 110 million I think that's that might be where they're trying to go.
0: And I think that'd be the right move. Cool. See, I will agree with you. I think he's a pretty good quarterback, but I don't know if I would sign him to a big extension. I feel like he's fine, like in his current role and probably for what he's currently being paid. I don't know the details of his contract. I'm sure you do. Um, But I don't know if I'd overpay for him right now. Cause like, he feels like to me, again, as an outsider, it feels like he's hit a ceiling and I don't know if he'll ever get them past that wild card or maybe a divisional game. Like you said, I don't know what's out there for him. There's a few quarterbacks on the trade market, but I don't know if they're in a position to be able to actually get any of those guys. And then I don't know which of those guys you would actually want over him at this moment. The direction would, at least if I were running the team, we have him for a couple of years and then we try and find a quarterback like in the draft, maybe somewhere in the first round. But I don't know if I'd sign him to a big extension at this point because I do feel like he's hit a ceiling.
2: No, definitely. I think it's I think it's probably going to be a, a shorter term extension like two, three yeah. years and it's, it's going to be a kind of a wait and see what we have in this McDaniels offense type situation.
1: Yeah, because I think McDaniels um, is going to learn his lesson from when he coached in Denver and got rid of, uh, oh, what's his name that went to the Bears? Um, always looked high and sad. When no, he Jay went Cutler? to Denver, it was Jay Cutler and he okay. got rid of him as soon as he got there pretty much and I think right, you know, he's going to come into this and want to work with uh, Carr and see what he has instead of trying to restart right away. Because I think I like Mm -hmm. Carr as a competitor and as a, like, I like the way he speaks and talks about the team and about his teammates. Um, So I think he's a good guy to have around and he's a solid quarterback. I think he can, you can win with him.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a solid hand. Every quarterback will make their bonehead decisions. I feel like he makes more of them, you know, even in just the two games a year that I see with the Chiefs, I feel like he makes a lot of bonehead errors, at least in those games. And, you know, every, again, every quarterback has those moments, but it does feel like he has more than your average quarterback does, even though otherwise he's pretty solid. I don't think he's going to be reliable, but he could, you know, get you to the playoffs again at the very least. If you have a couple of years before you're ready to fully move on.
2: Right. And I believe this is the last year on his contract. So
0: right. I, I assume
2: heading into the season, he would probably want some kind of commitment before he was ready to, you know, keep being the quarterback.
1: I think he alluded to that, too. Um, he said something to the media pretty quickly after the season ended from what I remember that he wanted, you know, he was going to wait and see and like, see what's out there for him. And, uh, you know, at least testing the waters to see whether he wants to stick around for the new rebuild and team and everything. Yeah.
0: Which I definitely understand. You see some of the other quarterbacks who have gotten paid, gotten those fat deals. You mentioned Stafford and Jared Goff already, like Jared Goff, especially if he got paid that much, you know, I would rather have Carr on my team if push can to shove. If I'm Derek Carr, yeah. I see him getting all that money. I'd be like, yeah, what about that? It's understandable from his standpoint, at least.
2: Yeah.
1: And now to the team with, I think everyone would just say, uh, um, that has the best quarterback out of the three of our teams right now.
0: <laughs> yeah, maybe. Some people would, would disagree with that because some people, and I'm not even going to get on my soapbox here, but some people I do think legitimately underrate Patrick Mahomes quite a bit. I I think a lot of people, especially in the Chiefs fandom, they do overrate him a little bit, but I do think there's a lot of people that also underrate him. You know, he's firmly a top three quarterback, I think, in any given year. Um, This year, he might have been, you know, a little bit lower than that because he had some struggles this year, as did the entire Chiefs team. Um, I saw a tweet after we lost the AFC championship game. Uh, I think it was from like our local, one of our local news channels, and it was like, Like, we were never supposed to make it here and all that, but but we're so proud of you guys. It's like, on paper, you were definitely supposed to make it further than this. You know, we had some, not even adversity, we just didn't have our shit together for the first half of the year, but they got it together by the end. You know, sports fans in general, if you're on social media long enough, you'll see a lot of annoying sports fans, and my own home fandoms are no exception to that. Chiefs fans are, especially now that they're a winning team, they're a little ridiculous. Um, It feels like, and I felt this way with Patriots fans when they were on their run too, is like, those teams really want badly to make a victim complex for themselves, and I really don't think you can at this point. But yeah, you know, the Chiefs had two straight Super Bowl appearances. They came off a fairly embarrassing loss last year. It was clear as day what the issues with the team were, the offensive line first and foremost, and they went out and they addressed that in the draft. They had a few a few really good draft picks. Creed Humphrey, I think some people already say he's the best center in the league just after his rookie year. Um, so I'm glad that we have him. Trey Smith as well made a couple good signings, made the trade for Orlando Brown. So they fixed the offensive line in general. And I think especially in the first half of the year, the actual issue revealed itself to be the defense because first, uh, they always showed that stat of the first half of the year versus the second half of the year as far as the defense went. And I think the first half of the year, it was like 29 points a game that they were allowing. That They weren't getting any pressure on the quarterback. They weren't stopping the run. Like legitimately every area of defense they were failing. And they really, they really cleaned up their act the second half of the year. I think they allowed thirteen points a game the rest of the season. So obviously that's great, and obviously that's the main contributing factor in the great run they went on to end the season. But right you can the see those issues. They were given
2: Melvin Ingram, yeah.
0: I mean, I guess you know they took him. They had an opportunity and they took him. Um, I would have taken him because he helped you know that oh, cool. leadership, and obviously he still mm-hmm. got some juice. He helped turn that defense around. Um, I really hope if we're gonna look to the offseason for a second, I really hope it looks like they're cutting ties with cutting ties with Tyron Matthew. And I hope they do the same with Frank Clark, because Frank Clark is one of the worst contracts of all time as far as I'm concerned. For his attitude and his output, I don't want him on the team anymore. I'll take that money and uh, either either sign someone new in another position or just you know, just do something with that money better than the nothing that he was providing.
1: Yeah, he didn't seem to give you really anything.
0: He had a couple of good games in the 2019 postseason when they went to the Super Bowl. I think he had two sacks in the Super Bowl um, on Garoppolo. So obviously, when it, when it really mattered most, he showed up, but that doesn't forgive the you know, other 32 games that he played where he did nothing in the regular season. But yeah, obviously, the Chiefs had their struggles first half of the season. They started off three and four. They had a really embarrassing loss to the Titans, which I believe when we recorded our Bond show, Bobby, I said they turned yeah. it around near the uh, in the second half of the season, and that was right before the Titans game. So after the Titans game, I was like, oh, man, this is going to be really dated already by the time that the episode goes up. Yeah. But that and was then, when they yeah. went on their run. I think, yeah, they they went, what would that be? 7-1, and 8-1 and one to end the season. They had that one loss against the Bengals in the regular season, and they won out otherwise. So that run was fun, even though there were a lot of iffy games down the stretch. You could tell that the team still wasn't totally gelling. I would say I saw some maturity in the offense this year in the sense of it's less... Less explosive in the sense that it's not as big play oriented. It feels like I felt more meticulous drives this year. A lot of 10 plus play drives where they're running the ball when they need to and using up the clock and being smarter as far as that as far as that part goes. Uh, But they weren't converting a lot because they had a lot of turnovers, which was the the shitty part about all of it. And I think all those problems that I've been talking about, even with her good run, they all came to a head in that Bengals game in the postseason because first half they looked amazing on offense. Second half, they couldn't make anything happen. I think the defense performed okay enough, considering the fact that they were on the field most of the time and they were absolutely exhausted in the fourth quarter. Obviously, they allowed that comeback, but that's because the offense wasn't producing anything. So, you know, offense is usually our strength, and I think it was th- for most of the season, but when they mattered most, they weren't. As far as what we're doing after this year, I really couldn't tell you. Um, I think, obviously, like I said, we have to get some some new defenders in there. I don't think they're going to replace Spagnolo as the coordinator at this point, because I haven't heard anything about it. I actually think there's a better chance of Eric Bieniemy leaving than uh, Spagnuolo at this point, which I don't know how I feel about that because bieniemy has been one of the best coordinators for the past several years, but also it does feel like time for a shakeup, and I think he feels that way too. So I think he's gone. I think his contract's up um, last that I saw. So we'll see how yeah. that goes. I do think it's more of Andy Reid's offense anyway, so whoever he brings in will still have to fit with whatever scheme he wants. I'm more open to changing offensive coordinators than I would have been last year or the year before. Um, but we'll see how that goes. This offseason is kind of weird. Our problems aren't as glaring coming off of this offseason as they were last year, but there's still stuff that we need to fix, and I don't always have faith in, in Brett Veach to make the right picks in the draft.
1: Just as an outsider looking in at the Chiefs, I'd say teams definitely were trying to take away the big play, Like especially starting mm-hmm. when they went on that, that run where, when we recorded that Bond podcast. Um, they were struggling to, to get it downfield to Kelsey and to Hill, because they were taking that away, mm-hmm. and then whether it was enemy or Reed or them working together on it, uh, they came up with a plan to really just get people the ball closer to the line of scrimmage and in space and let them run instead of trying to gun it downfield. And that really helped, like you said, with the meticulous drives, um, just kind of mm-hmm. working their way down the field instead of trying to go for the home run all the time. The dynamic between Reed and enemy definitely was working and has been working. They were able to develop a plan, uh, so. If enemy does leave, it'll be interesting to see who they get and how much of it ends up being read for that first year, um, whether when Mm -hmm. they're breaking that person in or uh, if it is more of a smooth transition.
0: Yeah. And I think the guy that had had been earmarked for that offensive coordinator job the enemy left, I don't remember his name, but I think he left to do get another job elsewhere. And I can't for the life of me remember who it was right now. So I don't know who they would have lined up as a new coordinator, but it's the vibes here feel like the enemy's leaving i don't know where he's going i'm sure any team would want him as their oc if they have an opening Um, seems like he's not getting a head coaching job which is another conversation we could have but
1: um, yeah he should should have yeah i mean i think
0: i mean you look at the tracker grading and look at the other people that have gotten hired is all i'm saying but
2: yeah there, there was a few surprises there but
0: yeah like i i know the game at this point i know how the league is but that's another conversation um yeah, so we'll see what next season has in store. I do think oh, one thing I wanted to say was that you were talking about how the defense has sort of figured them out. It took a while, but it seems like everyone looked at the numbers in the offseason. And they realized, oh, we're much better when we just don't blitz Mahomes because everybody did that. Everybody started uh, playing more conservatively on defense and it yielded positive results for him. You know, the offense was sputtering at times throughout the year. And I think that had a lot to do with that. And even so, it felt like he was still pressured a lot, even though they weren't blitzing as much. So
1: that might be a good transition talking about blitzing to talk about the Rams a little bit, um, because mm-hmm. that's one thing that led to a lot of success for Stafford throughout the year is he was the number one quarterback against the Blitz. He's always been good against it because he's got a gun for an mm-hmm. arm and he can read it well. He knows the hot routes. And that I think that led to a lot of success with him changing teams and with McVay taking yeah. um, the reins because, uh, like I said, number one quarterback against the Blitz the entire year, and they didn't stop blitzing him so I don't really know. I, if they adjust to that next year, I'd be curious to see how Stafford's numbers compare.
0: Yeah, it does feel like one of those things where the whole league will sort of look at what worked for the Super Bowl winner or just for those dominant quarterbacks, and they're like, okay, how do they perform against this? How do they perform against that? And that's sort of how the how the schemes change year to year, and it seems like that's what happened with Mahomes. And I'm sure that's what's going to happen with Stafford, even though Stafford didn't have that ultra-dominant year that some quarterbacks have had. Obviously, it worked for him, and they had to They had a good team on both sides of the ball this year.
2: I was going to say, I think uh, a lot of the reason why teams tended to blitz the Rams this year and even in years past is because the way that McVay's offense runs, he always knows where the soft spots are going to be. So you can't really just let the quarterback of McVay's offense sit back and dissect the defense because they're going to have a route for that specific area. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, the, but the difference between Goff and Stafford is that Goff, he relied a lot more on McVay and the play call, and Stafford is very good at changing the play or um, getting a hot route once he sees the protection and the and the pressure that he sees coming. Um, so that might, like I said, like that is probably a good idea against McVay in general, but with Stafford there, it's a much better combo than Goff and McVay.
0: So we talked about how each of our teams did this year, but I think next we'll talk about how the best teams in the league did did this year. So we're going to get into the playoffs. We've alluded to some of the playoff games. Arcadio and I were both victims to the Bengals this offseason, the uh, uh, ultimate AFC champions. I rooted for them in the Super Bowl. Um, I'm, I find them to be a very likable team, but it did hurt when we lost, and I, I'm sure you would say the same, Arcadio. Absolutely, 100%. So yeah, this playoff... I'm, I think last year was the first playoffs that I've ever watched in full, as in I watched every single game from the first wildcard game all the way to, through to the Super Bowl. I would usually watch the, I think I watched usually watch the conference championship games, but not necessarily all the games along the way. Um, this year was another year that I watched all the playoff games, and a bit of an odd year to see everything unfold because um, the one seeds turned out to both be pretty weak, especially on the AFC side. The Titans were fairly dominant for a lot of the season, but I felt like they were one of the weaker one one seeds that we've seen in recent years. And obviously they didn't have Derek Henry for a lot of the season, but even so they didn't feel like that dominant team to me at any point in this year.
2: They really faded down the stretch. I thought yeah, because obviously losing Henry had a lot to do with that, but just even the defense wasn't performing to the standard that they were in the first half of the season. Like when in their mm-hmm. dominant blowout against the chiefs, I believe.
0: Yeah. They held that chiefs offense to three points. I want to say. Yeah. And I think if we want to go back to carr, I think Tannehill is in that area as a quarterback where I don't think he's going to get you past. Well, he made it to one AFC Championship game, but I don't think he'll win you a Super Bowl as long as he I there. definitely
2: think I definitely think there's that tier of those quarterbacks where under the right circumstances they could like I, I think Matthew Stafford is in that tier. He's just around mm-hmm. a team that's like well constructed with the future Hall of Famers and all that, and he was finally able to get over the hump. But I believe that there's a few guys like that, like uh, Ryan Tannehill, Derek Carr, and Matt Ryan, I would say. Those are mm-hmm. three guys right there.
0: I wouldn't say Matt Ryan at this point in his career. Um, I think, obviously, he peaked about six, yeah, I, I six think, years ago now. But, yeah.
1: Yeah, six years. Um, as far as Stafford goes, just being in Detroit uh, and watching him for so long, I think he's kind of like... The second tier down, or like the very top of that second tier. Personally, like Matt Ryan at his prime yeah. and Stafford are probably a little more comparable. But um, like looking at Tannehill and even Carr, um, I think Stafford has an edge over them. But he's just not quite to that Uh, Aaron Rodgers, unfortunately, Tom Brady, and and all that that the and Mahomes now and Josh Allen like that kind of tier. I don't I don't think he's there. But he's I think he's the lead of that second tier um he's got a gun for an yeah. arm he's a very smart player for the most part but he gets way too aggressive um and tries to rely on his arm too much which gets him into trouble um hence the seven yeah. picks this year but um <laughs> like if you if, you know look at the rest of his numbers it's like mvp level as far as that it's mm-hmm. just the interceptions really
2: yeah and there's a few guys that have retired this off season too so the the door for that top tier has just opened just a crack more you know yep
0: mm-hmm Okay, so we can start with the wildcard round. Uh, so as Arcadio and I, uh, as we talked about already, uh, we had the Raiders-Bengals game. Uh, I think that was the first game of the postseason, and th- the refs were the, were the story of that game. That's all I remember. I know there, was a lo- there were a few really questionable calls at various points in the game. I believe most of them went against the Raiders. Um, but like you sort of alluded to earlier, I'm of the opinion that bad officiating in general shouldn't lose you the game to me there's way too many opportunities throughout the game for you to perform well so if you lose a close game because of a bad call i feel like you should have played better for the other 60 minutes so that it didn't matter that's generally my take but i also do agree in uh that one bad call can change the course of the entire game so the way you call your plays on the next drive and everything after that that changes there's a ripple effect that happens after that so i guess i'm somewhere in the middle but i do think that obviously if you play well enough, it shouldn't matter.
2: Yeah, I'll say that uh, in the John Gruden era, well, the second John Gruden era, I should say, the Raiders haven't really been particularly good in the red zone. And that game against the Bengals was kind of a microcosm of that. There was just way too many drives that I thought they should have had touchdowns that they ended up setting for, settling for field goals. And it ended up being a one-score game in the end. And that was the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was, it was a fun game uh, with... With you know those bad calls aside, it was still a fun game as I remember. Um, those teams were both fun to watch. I think the Bengals were obviously very fun to watch this entire postseason. Um, we can get yep. to them uh, on the NFC side. The wildcard game I remember was the Niners and the Cowboys. Uh, that was yeah, that was the story. one of the funniest games. Not not just the ending, but all around, <laughs> that was one of the funniest games I've ever seen. Mm-hmm.
1: Like <laughs> it's always funny when Dallas loses. Personally, but yeah, uh, the, the Cowboys way are lost, just that the team. way they lost. Yeah, the way they yes. lost that game was one of the most ridiculous things I've ever seen. And it's a mixture of coaching and just you know, not not being aware of the situation as really a quarterback, um but kind of the entire team trying to get to
0: the line on that play.
2: Oh yeah, yeah. I think equal blame goes to Dak Prescott and the coaching staff.
0: Yep. That game also started weeks and weeks of Jimmy Garoppolo narratives, which I am just so tired of at this point. People were trying to argue that he was an elite quarterback, and I think he was Who? technically responsible for some <laughs> oh, of their success, goodness. but uh, he's definitely not the main factor in that team's success. He very much was, I'm going to give Debo the ball and Debo's going to make the magic happen, which it did when it needed to. That team didn't score that that well in any of the playoff games, uh, but I guess they did just enough on offense. And he's that kind of quarterback to me. He will do just enough for you if his defense gives him enough to work with. And I feel like he did that in those two postseason games. And he almost made it to the Super yeah, Bowl again.
1: He did. And I'm very curious to see where he goes because it's pretty much, I mean, he even said it himself that he's gone and, and he's going to be looking for a trade between uh, his mm-hmm. agents and San Francisco and everything. But I, I could see, it would be pretty funny to me to see if he goes to like Carolina uh, where they just took Darnold Yeah. Um, and oh, that, would, that, that would be, that would be so funny. Exactly. Because they're the only team out there that I like there. I'm sure there's a few that would take Garoppolo, but They just seem like the team that keeps searching for something.
0: They even signed Cam Newton again midseason.
1: Right. Exactly. That's what I mean. Like they've done so many things to try to fill that void. But uh, San Francisco in general with Trey Lance is going to be very interesting moving forward because he is so raw. Um, And I think that Shanahan kind of got talked into drafting him because I think he wanted it seems like the consensus was that he wanted Mac Jones uh, and people around him just couldn't justify drafting him that high after making the trade to give up all those assets for Mac Jones. So he went with the young, exciting, uh, athletic quarterback instead of the guy that fits their um, play style a little better. So he has talent, but one of the most raw quarterbacks I've ever seen come out of the draft. In the offseason, because I knew we were trading Stafford, and once we did, I was like, I got really into watching all the highlights and breakdowns of all the quarterbacks coming out of the draft in case we were able to get one um and his highlights were were very good but every single one was in either an athletic play where he the play broke down and he ran um or it was a designed like he made the first read and that guy was open so he never really looked at anything else um and so he's got to learn to do all of that because uh, he's not now he's not the best athlete on the field anymore and he was in college for his team
0: he's obviously a work in progress some quarterbacks It's sink or swim for them in their rookie year. He was a backup for most of the season. You know, it was the same story with Mahomes. He got to play the last game of the year, but I think that year, that first year of being able to learn really helped him. You know, not all quarterbacks get that. Hopefully Lance got something out of that because next year, it definitely seems like it's going to be his team. It
1: will be. And I think Shanahan's going to come up with a creative offense to work around his weaknesses for his first starting year. Like, I think it's going to be a lot of runs and working Debo the ball over the middle and and uh, really quick passes, kind of like they did with him this year with Garoppolo in general, but mm-hmm. more of him in the backfield, a lot of option, a lot of different stuff. I think it's going to be really exciting, so I, I'm going to be curious to watch that team.
0: Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Mac Jones. There's another wildcard game we can mention there was the uh, the Bills versus the Patriots. The Patriots, who I think most people will agree, had a surprisingly good year. They almost won the AFC East again, which seemed like a surprise to a lot of people because the Bills, after their last season, seemed like the runaway favorites and they were a mostly unchanged Bills team from year to year, so it definitely seemed like they were the favorite, and they ultimately won that division, but both their games in the in the last few few weeks of the season were basically for the division, because they were both pretty close in record at that point. Um, but when they played the third time in the playoffs, it did not go Mac Jones's way in his playoff debut. Josh, Josh Allen and the Bills had, wasn't it a perfect offensive game?
1: It was. I think it was the first, game. yep, first perfect offensive game. Was it just in the
0: playoffs or in the NFL ever?
2: I think it was ever. All touchdowns, no punts. I think it was the first time ever.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And the Patriots defense is usually pretty well regarded. So that was also uh, quite a feat from the Bills. The Bills, for my money, seem like the most dominant team in this postseason. And it feels like an injustice that they didn't pass the the divisional round, I would say. In terms of how they actually looked in the playoffs in both games, they were like damn near perfect in the divisional game against the Chiefs, which we can talk about now. Um, For me, even if the Chiefs lost, that was the game of the year because both teams played at a ridiculously high level on offense for the entire game. It legitimately felt like you just had to make one mistake, or in this case, you had to get the coin toss to not go in your favor for your team to actually lose the game. Because both teams played on such a ridiculously high level throughout that entire game, and the only reason all that scoring happened at the end was because all the defenses were just exhausted. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, that's that's still one of the greatest playoff games that I've ever seen. I think. Oh yeah, especially that fourth quarter and overtime. Mm-hmm. It, it's it was watching. It felt like watching two Hall of Fame quarterbacks go at it. Like at the height of their powers, almost, even though they're yeah. still fairly they're young. Still so young. Weak. Mm-hmm. And uh, at the time, I was saying it, but it it felt like the new Brady versus Manning. I think we're going to be in for a
0: lot of those showdowns in the future. Yeah, the AFC yeah. has uh, one other quarterback that could be in that conversation, which would be Joe Burrow.
1: Possibly Herbert as well. I know you're not. You don't want to hear that, Nick. But uh, Herbert could no, get no, there too. It's,
0: it's fine. He hasn't made it to the playoffs yet. Um, we'll I see. Know. There again, he's still. Every time I watch him play, he feels so clinical already. He He's excellent, but there's something about, I, f- I feel like it's just something in the air with the Chargers that they just can't get out of their own way, even with the excellent play that he's bringing and how dynamic that whole offense is. I mean, I assume it's just their defense, but I don't watch them other than when they play the Chiefs and the Chiefs will run up the scoreboard on anybody. So I can't right. even tell that it's a bad defense necessarily. It's weird because so uh,
1: back to fantasy a little bit, not intentionally, but a lot of my big stars on the on the team that I won my fantasy league this year was from the Chargers. I had Herbert, I had Keenan, Keenan Allen, um, and I had Austin Eckler, um, and they were you know some of my best players. But you know it was a little mm-hmm. frustrating to see how inconsistent sometimes, even though they would have some crazy games for whatever reason. They just I think it, it comes down to coaching. I think a little bit, but. Uh, they were yeah. very inconsistent, especially Herbert with what his are, numbers. What are you talking about? Brandon
2: Staley is, is God's gift to earth. <laughs>
1: right. Yeah. No, but you know, going, they, they were very aggressive. They go forward on a lot of fourth downs. They, they, I don't think they were as successful as they should have been on those, No, but very analytic based on their offense. And I think that needs to change a little bit and their defenses was just okay. I don't think it was bad, but it, it gave up big plays when they needed to stop.
0: Now, going back to the, another one of the best games of the year with that second Chiefs-Chargers game on Thursday night football, which also went to overtime. The story of that game to me was that I think it was five different fourth and goals that the uh, Chargers failed to convert. And if they had converted one of those, it wouldn't have gone to overtime and they would have won the game easy. But the Chiefs defense somehow stopped them five times on fourth and goal. So that's clearly yeah. an area of an area that they need to address in some form this offseason. But it really feels like it shouldn't be because if you have Eckler and Keenan Allen and Herbert, you should be able to just score whenever you want to
1: score. And Mike Williams, who was a star for the first half of the year.
0: Yeah, Mike Williams as well. So like the Chargers on paper seem like they should be more of a threat than they've been these past two years. Um, I'm still, you know, in terms of threats in the AFC West, I feel like they're the team that could, you know, conceivably dethrone the Chiefs at any given year at this point in time. Um, We'll see what happens with the Broncos in the offseason, because I think the Broncos are one quarterback away from being a good team as well. Who could that quarterback be? Who could it be? We might get to him in a second. Um, Yeah, the Chargers seem like, you know, a perennial possible threat uh, at this point with Herbert and that offense behind them. Um, Did they fire Staley? I couldn't remember. No, Uh, no, he's he's there. Okay, I thought for some reason I thought they did and that they replaced him after that uh, last game of the year.
2: I think they fired the special teams coordinator. Mm. If I'm not mistaken, after that game, yeah, which which I thought was just a, a weak move. Like Staley was the one that called the timeout and that. Nah.
0: Yeah, that game. Yeah, that game again. <laughs> if we want to talk about special teams coordinators, we can move on to the divisional round where we had the Niners uh, on their Cinderella run playing the Packers in another one of the funniest games that I've ever seen. The Packers, who were the one seed again in the NFC, it's funny. Do you guys remember the first week when the Packers got blown out and people were like, "Rodgers doesn't care anymore; he's washed," and the Packers are the Packers are done. I heard those right. same all that same narrative around Tom Brady in 2014 after after the Chiefs destroyed him on Monday Night Football, and then he won the Super Bowl that year, and then he won mm-hmm. two more. I think was that for yeah, the more?
2: Cincinnati? Was that the same year or the same game? I should say. I don't
0: it know. Might be. Yeah, it was 2014, like week three or four, of Monday Night Football is the Chiefs game. I'm thinking of but they blew out the Patriots.
2: I think that was the famous on to Cincinnati from Bill Belichick.
0: Oh, okay. But yeah, we had a similar uh, thing with Rodgers this year, just after week one, because they had a bad a bad week one, and they rebounded, and they were the Packers that I feel like I see every year. They were excellent in the regular season. Rodgers is one of the best, most clinical quarterbacks I've ever seen, and then when it gets to the postseason, they just can't do it for whatever reason. Well, for this, for this particular game, the story was their special teams who – what, they give up a blocked punt punch, uh, touchdown, I believe, and yeah. there's something and else that it, happened. Uh, they gave up
1: some big returns in the game. I'm trying yeah. to remember. I, I think there was a blocked field goal as well. Yes, um, yeah, that's blocked right. or, Yeah, so blocked field goal that just, you know, no points, just turnover. The blocked punt late, which was the only way that San Francisco was going to score because they got, you mm-hmm. know, the big Debo one early right it, or was it just, I'm just yeah, trying to i don't so. remember exactly what happened but they got debo and then they got yeah. the blocked uh punt
2: that was their i think that was their only touchdown was the block punt the debo one i think they oh yeah
1: you're right you're right yep because it was 13 <laughs> 10 um yeah because debo went down the sideline i thought he was going to score and they they settled mm. for a field goal on that one that's right but yeah that game is yeah. bizarre because by all accounts like aaron Rodgers should she should have more super bowls than he does um but in the playoffs, at least more appearances. Never, He's
0: never had a second appearance.
1: I know, but it, and it what's weird is I I never really I mean, I'm sure he has, but I don't remember him ever having like an absolutely awful game, but he never has a great game um in these playoff you know, losses. When it comes um, when it matters in like, the playoffs, yeah. This game he was twenty like just looking at it, yeah, he was twenty of twenty nine, which is fine, but they never could really get a deep pass. He only threw for two twenty five, didn't throw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. And they could barely run the ball. He should be able to step up even in, in that weather. He's used to it. He's played in Green Bay long enough with the snow to be able to do something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Even in that weather, even against a good defense like the Niners have, you you only putting up ten points at home in the playoffs is you know it's obviously yeah. it's not after good scoring, enough. They lost after scoring
1: a touchdown on the opening drive.
0: I forgot about that. Yeah, they were shut down. They had one field goal the rest of the way. That was all. Yep. Ah, the Packers. What are you gonna do?
2: Have you guys seen that take? or the tweet or whatever, where it said the Packers had Brett Favre and Aaron Rodgers continuously for um, like more 30 than 30 years, years yeah. and they've gotten two Super Bowls
0: out of it. Mm-hmm. Three total appearances and two Super Bowls wins. One of the most wins.
2: underachieving organizations
0: of the last 30 years or whatever. Yeah, I mean, especially Rodgers. Obviously, there was that stretch in the mid-2010s when he didn't really have that much to work with and he was getting injured a lot, but... You know the Matt Lafleur team that they that they've had the last three years, and the team he had his first couple years. Obviously, he he won the Super Bowl in his first few years. Those teams should have at least appeared in another Super Bowl at some point. You know they had their fifteen and one season. They lost to Eli Manning of all people. At this point, it feels like a narrative that's building and has continued to build with Rogers that he, for whatever reason, he just can't do it. Like there's just something it might be unfair to say it's just on him but you know when people rate legacies of quarterbacks that's what matters and he's not at that point give him as many mvps as you want even you know he got another one this year that's two in a row for him four total i believe and for my money yep. he shouldn't have won mvp this year uh, tom brady had a better no. season in pretty much every metric except for wins but he still made it farther than rod well i guess made it just as far as rogers did but he had a better year by all metrics.
1: Well, as far as legacy goes for Rodgers, what it comes down to to me is Rodgers in the regular season makes some of the most ridiculous and precise passes I've ever seen a quarterback make. Um, on the run, it doesn't matter outside the pocket. He puts it right where it needs to be. He's made it against the Lions his whole career, uh, including a Hail Mary. Uh, that Hail Mary, there yeah. Was no which there was no face mask on in the prior play, but that's a whole different story. But um <laughs> twice people don't forget. Us. Um But no, he just he doesn't make those plays in the playoffs. It's like he's too conservative or something, but I've never seen him other than when they won the Super Bowl, uh, make mm-hmm. the plays that he does in the regular season in the playoffs. He's more more conservative, just kind of takes what's there. And so I don't know if that's a mentality thing or if it just happens to have gone that way. But um, yeah, he, he's only done it once and he probably should have done it at least two other times, I'd say, in his career.
0: Yeah, and he's an interesting case in, as far as that goes because to me, compared to other you know teams or quarterbacks, he doesn't necessarily choke as much. It's not like he, other than that one Seattle uh, NFC Championship game, it's not like he blows leads necessarily. It's not like he has outright terrible games, but he just doesn't quite do enough. Like, obviously, the, exactly. the Bucks game last year um, was mostly a coaching thing as far as why they probably didn't make it to the Super Bowl. But, again, even so, you need to play better throughout the entire game. They've made it to a bunch of NFC championship games, but it's just never putting the pieces together. But I would say, if we want to get into Rodgers a little bit more, um, the only off-field thing that I will put much time into on this particular episode, I made an executive decision. We're not going to talk about uh, Henry Ruggs in more detail. We're not going to talk about Deshaun Watson, Antonio Brown, any of that stuff. Um but Aaron Rodgers made waves uh, throughout this entire season. The yeah. Packers, for as long as I've been a fan, have been my number two team. I loved watching Brett Favre as a kid. I've loved watching Rodgers my entire life. I already said to me, he's in terms of actually watching him play, he's the most clinical quarterback I've ever seen. But I'm not rooting for him anymore at this point. And it was, again, hilarious to see him lose in the playoffs this year because of uh, what he did this year.
1: Yeah, and I'm a fan of, and I, I watch a lot of the Pat McAfee show. Um, at yes. least I, I kind of started watching uh, last year, I think was really when I started watching consistently. Um, so when he started going on, I'm like, okay, he's actually, you know, kind of a cool, weird guy, but like, you know, showed a little bit more of his personality. And I was kind of enjoying those interviews until obviously we heard his famous kind of breakdown, uh, with the whole COVID thing, but it really, cause he's, I, immunized, in the he's immunized. Oh yeah. He's immunized. Yeah. He thinks he's smarter <laughs> than everyone and, and can get around. Yeah. It by using big words that even he doesn't know the meaning of. But
0: his buddy Joe Rogan sent him some ivermectin.
1: He's good. I know, right? But like, I was all for what he did in the off season and say like teams should treat their star quarterbacks better than Green Bay has as far as input and at least be in the room and have a conversation about players and decision making and personnel and everything. Uh, and they didn't do that, so I, I was all for that. I, I thought there was no way he was going to skip the season. And for a while, it was fine until he had that breakdown and used every kind of word that you can imagine um, about the woke mob and everything Uh, that just completely turned me off. And I can't get past it now with him, even though I really love watching him as a player. The way he spoke about it, if that was his decision, that's fine. Like I'm disappointed in Kirk Cousins who went to Michigan State, but at least he said his piece and he was kind of done with it. That's fine. It's like, I'm disappointed with it. You should have gotten it. That's my opinion. Uh, Rogers tried to get around it because he wants people to like him and then just Mm -hmm. attacked and it was yeah it was very hard to listen to
2: if I could jump in on that um yeah in college I had a group of friends that we'd always watch football always talk about football and all that and one of my friends was a big uh, Green Bay Packers fan and even at the time I would always say that I thought Rogers seemed like a me first kind of guy he would always like during the post-game press conferences after a loss or whatever, it always seemed like he was putting the blame onto his teammates rather than saying, oh, well, I needed to do better on this, 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 and this. It always seemed like, oh, we we couldn't block today. Oh, we, we couldn't catch the passes today or whatever. And to me, he always just seemed like a me-first type of player. And I think the shenanigans that went on this season off the field kind of validated my Concerns.
0: Yeah, I get that. I've been a fan of him as a person uh, before this year. Like I've always thought he was cool. Like I thought he was fun. Um the bits of Jeopardy that I saw, stuff like that. I've always enjoyed hearing him talk and all that. He like I said, he's always seemed cool to me. Um, but again, you know, he give him enough of a platform and he get him mad at people because people started getting mad at him because before and before he'd said anything, it was like, oh, he's going to miss this game already with COVID, so we know he's not vaccinated. Um, and luckily, that was a Chiefs game that he missed because there was no way the Chiefs were winning that game otherwise. Um, so thank you, Aaron Rodgers, for not being vaccinated as far as that goes. I do think him continuing to be on the Pat McAfee show it, it, at this point falls on Pat McAfee for bringing him back again and again and again. But I know he's got a big show, and he knows that, he knows that get, gets numbers, and he's making a lot of money from it now. So I get that, even though I think it's you know irresponsible, but also I feel like you shouldn't be easily swayed on whether you get vaccinated for a deadly disease 2 years into it by listening to the Pat McAfee show. But even so, it's just he fell back on all the same old tired talking points that everyone on that side uses and it's just obnoxious. It's just ridiculous to me. Like even putting past me thinking it's it's stupid, which I think it's all stupid. All those talking points are easily disproven if you do any of your own research, which is something he loves to say that he did his <laughs> own research. So I'm curious what he looked into. But yeah, it's just All the stupidest possible shit that he could have said, he said. And, you know, that's what happens when all these people get called out for their shit. You know, I'll bring up Dave Chappelle for a second, too. Once he got called out for his shit, he started using all those talking points as well because he's like, oh, this is the only side that's going to be fans of me at the end of this. These are the people I have to cater to now. And that's the shit that really annoys me. And it totally turned me against Rogers, who I've always been a fan of because, like I said, Packers have been my number two team for my entire life. And I still want to root for them. But if and when he fails, I'm happy about it now. I was happy that they failed against the Niners, even though I don't particularly care for the Niners, and I don't particularly care for you know any of that. But I was happy he failed this year. He was someone for me to root against in a way that Tom Brady used to be for different reasons.
1: Yeah, and one of those talking points that you brought up that he said that among many of them, like I said, with saying the woke mob and whatever that whole thing is, I hate people who are not... Cancelled, talking about being oh well, I'm just cancelled now, <laughs> and like talking yeah. about that whole thing. It's like no, you're not. You're on the one of the biggest platforms on the internet, talking about this right now. You won the MVP. People are not canceling you. You're good at football, so people are gonna watch. Like they don't. Yeah. There's a lot of people that aren't gonna like you now, but you're not cancelled. People that are cancelled did something awful. Like there's reasons that other people like I, the whole. We can go. You know, it's a whole different argument. But cancel culture is not. Oh, you didn't get vaccinated. It's you did something terrible as a human.
0: You can get called out for your bullshit, and I think that's what happened to him here yes, and he lost fans exactly. because of it. But again, not to go on a soapbox for too long, but that's not cancel culture. You know, it's not he's still doing his job. He will still be doing his job next year, probably for another team. He'll still be making his tens of millions. He's not gonna lose any sponsorships, I don't think this is just what happens sometimes you get called out for your shit um other people who have said other things haven't played in the league since they said those since they said or did certain things and you said something fucking ridiculous and you're still playing every week you're still making your tens of millions of dollars you still have your platform to go on every week it's not being canceled
2: so nick what you were just saying you think he's going to be on a different team this year
0: that's just my gut i i think this year felt weird for him to leave so so abruptly but i feel like that's been building, and I don't know how the organization feels about him at this point after the year, and I don't know how the team necessarily feels about him, so they might want him gone. I don't really know, but my gut tells me he goes elsewhere. Yeah, I can comment
1: on at least the team side of it. Um, I think it was Adam Scheffner, one of the the insiders, uh, tweeted a few weeks ago that they want to go all in for Aaron Rodgers, basically. Um, mm. they're They're all set to be tapped out at the salary cap, get some big, big names in there and like go all in for Rodgers for at least a couple of years. It'll depend on what Rogers then wants to do if he actually wants to stick around. But it sounds like they might know that love isn't the answer, at least not right now, uh, and see that they yeah. have a chance with one of the best quarterbacks of all time um, and might actually start going all in after seeing what, you know, the Buccaneers did with Brady and everything and Rogers yeah. made complaints. So I think the team definitely wants him back. It depends on if Rodgers is kind of fed up or not and wants to stick around.
2: Right. I heard yeah. uh, some reports, I want to say also a couple of weeks ago, they're saying that, oh, his relationship is much better at this point in the in the year than it was last year. So I don't know. I feel like there's been some cooling off in that in that department ever since then.
1: Yeah, even in the interviews with with McAfee, early in the year, uh, Guttenkust or whatever, he would never mention him by anything but his last name, and then eventually he started calling him by his first name as if they were buddies, like that they started talking Hmm. more. Um, So I think there was some mending. It just, who knows? I think Rodgers is a very weird individual, so he could still decide to leave. Um, But I think right now the feeling is... I'm tempted to say that he's going to stay, even though I really want him to leave because I want him out of our division. Uh, But, you know, that's just me.
2: Honestly, I think he stays too.
0: Yeah, I think me thinking he was leaving is just that, you know, they had had this year where they sort of patched things up. It almost felt like one last chance and they didn't, you know, they didn't make it past the divisional round. It feels like there's a lot of, it seemed like on the surface there was dysfunction. Maybe there's not. Maybe I misread a lot of that. But I think it's also me looking at all the teams that will have quarterback openings. Um, me thinking that that that's a better chance of him leaving but we also kind of had a similar situation last year and he didn't budge or they didn't they didn't send him anywhere
1: and like i said i i, I think it comes down to what rogers wants to do because i think it seems pretty yeah. clear the team wants him at this point but if i had to pick one i'd say he stays for at least two years um i don't know if they're mm, gonna okay. do, you know give him another big four-year contract or anything but two years is about what i see for him in green bay
0: yeah i mean i will certainly agree from their standpoint he's definitely their best chance even though (laughs) he can never get back to the super bowl seems like he's definitely in the interim for for sure he's definitely their best chance to get back there and to win because i don't know who they would get that would actually make make them a threat in the same way at this point that would actually be available because certainly jordan love's not going to be that at least not this soon unless they were to trade him to a team with a good quarterback already i don't see it happening
1: like if he went to San Francisco and then they traded him back Garoppolo and did like a Goff and Stafford type thing, that would be very odd, but it would not make the Packers a threat. Like there's no other quarterback out there, like you no. said, that I think will instantly make them another contender this year.
0: No. Who are the other quarterbacks that are available or are going to be shopped around? Russell Wilson seemed like the big, the Russell biggest Wilson. one.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kyler is probably the biggest story right now. Oh, right, yeah. Right. I, I, I don't know how that's um, going to shake out. I don't think he's going anywhere. Right yeah, I don't think no. he's going anywhere right now, but uh, if that relationship breaks down, that's a pretty big issue. Yeah,
0: yeah, it could it could affect a year or two down the line.
1: Yeah, the biggest part to me is that an insider, meaning someone with the team, describing Kyler as self-centered and a me-first guy and that whole thing, that report that just came out, because he won't be happy with that getting out there no matter who said it, and it's only going to be someone from the team, so now he's going to be wondering who that is, so... I could see it spiraling and, you know, the relationship collapsing, but I don't think it's going to happen this off season.
0: Yeah, it seems like a some, just something that's going to sour over the next year or two, um, yeah. for sure. And again, we're pretty early in that situation as we're recording this, so we don't know how that's going to unfold. I've been hearing more and more about it in the last few days, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. The Cardinals were another story early on in the year. They had the longest unbeaten streak, didn't they? Yep. Yes. What, they started 11-0? and They were... 11-0, I think. Yeah. no. Wow! No, not that much. Yeah, it was were-
1: um it, it wasn't eleven. I don't
0: believe. Oh, no, you're right. Okay, no, that was Steelers the Steelers
2: last year, last year. Were eleven and zero. Yeah, I yeah. think.
1: It was somewhere around eight or nine, I believe, because it was um, for a long time. It was the Cardinals were unbeaten and the Lions were beaten. They were zero for for just about yeah, as yeah. long as Arizona ha- was winning, and then we should have beaten Arizona, <laughs> and they kicked a ridiculous field
0: goal and that whole thing. But yeah, they started nine. 0 they lost to the Panthers. I mean, I was never of the opinion that they were an actual threat to win the Super Bowl. Um, some, sometimes you get teams that start the year like that. The 2013 Chiefs for the team, I always remember, they started 9-0. and It was their first year with Alex Smith, but they had not played Denver yet at that point in the year. And as soon as they played Denver, I knew that streak was gone, and it was definitely gone. <laughs> and I think they finished 11-5. Just sometimes you get teams like that, just the way schedules shake out. Um, sometimes injuries happen that'll affect your team down the stretch Kyler did get injured for uh, a handful of games even though Colt McCoy did fairly well in his absence I think they won a couple games with Colt McCoy
1: they Um, did they at least won the first one with him to uh stay to stay undefeated
0: yeah again it happens sometimes just teams start off really hot and then they regress down the stretch we mentioned the Steelers from uh, a year ago who did that and if we want to talk about the Steelers real quick uh, they're finally gonna have a bit of a new look next year because ben roethlisberger finally retired it feels like maybe yeah. what, what would you say the last five years it's looked like he's really had to go and they just have not wanted to move on from him
2: at least two or three years overdue
0: yeah definitely i think last year they're even though they were having their great season at the start by that playoff game you could tell that i feel like he was definitely on his last legs like he has been able to move for a couple of years it's been rough to watch him because that team should not should not have won nearly as many games as they did with him at quarterback, but they somehow squeaked him out.
2: Yeah, his arm just had nothing this entire season. Yeah. I feel like, because I yeah. obviously like I like you guys, I follow the, all the fantasy football stuff, and that was a whole big talking point. Like, oh, do do we want Chase Claypool and Deontay, Deontay Johnson, Johnson at this point when their quarterback? L- literally cannot get them
0: the ball. If they win games, it's an ugly game that they win. Like always, I feel like with the Steelers, even before, um even before you could really tell that Rogers was, or uh, Roethlisberger was getting older. Like every game the Steelers win, seemed like it's an ugly game. Like their defense has to perform really well, and their offense will barely get you just enough to win. It feels like that's how it always goes with them.
1: And it, it, just watching him, it it, it was ugly uh, for most of the year, but. He had his times where it's like, oh, uh, you know, he made a clutch play or did something so they mm-hmm. could at least win. But it looked like he was shot putting the ball. He didn't have the arm strength. Um,
0: and he, <laughs> yeah, he's never been right. able to move.
1: But Well, I mean, OK, he could when he was younger, actually. But he um, was always just breaking tackles and holding on to the ball somehow with his ridiculous hands and everything. But um, so he could still kind of do that. But he didn't have the arm strength at all to run an NFL offense. He could only throw it mm-hmm. for the most part short. Uh, not to the sideline. Um, he could throw some deep balls if he could, if he. But he couldn't gun it. He had to let someone make a play for him, whether it's in space on a short play or go up and make a catch on a lob. Pretty much.
0: It's been ugly to watch him and that whole team for the past couple of years. I do think, like the Broncos, they are a team that is one good quarterback away from being a contender. You look at that defense. You look at some of the weapons they have on offense. I think Juju might be on the move uh, this off season. But yeah. that offense has potential um, with Najee Harris and Chase, uh, Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson, like you mentioned. Um, so if they get a good quarterback, um, then I certainly think they're definitely a threat to win their division because that division is pretty close in terms of all those teams. The Bengals pulled ahead at the end of the year.
1: Yeah, they also need an improved offensive line.
0: Oh, yeah, that's their biggest, besides quarterback, obviously.
1: They could barely, even with, with Harris, they could barely run the ball uh he averaged like two yards a carry a lot of the time because i
0: feel like he was a really good fantasy quarterback or running back that also couldn't run the ball it was weird
1: yeah volume it's all volume
0: okay so i've got two more big things we'll get into um we've talked about uh, the playoffs i think the pretty much all the games we could we could talk about the nfc championship game a little bit yeah well we'll get to the super bowl that was the next thing i was going to get to um as far as the conference championship games go we kind of talked about the chiefs already they collapsed in the second half against the Bengals um Bengals got the game-winning field goal in overtime after uh patrick mahomes interception it was rough i don't want to talk about it anymore um as far as the <laughs> nfc goes we had the rams and the niners and that was a very competitive game again the niners were just surprisingly good this postseason they got hot at the right time sometimes that that's all you need with a team i think the two Giants super bowl wins are kind of the biggest indicator of that is if you get hot at the right time you can win it all and they almost got to the super bowl i think if uh, that stagger pick had not been dropped i think we would have had a different Super Bowl.
2: Oh yeah, was
1: that uh, to it? Oh, I don't remember who it was. I'm trying to remember. Yeah, I don't know. You're probably right, but I don't remember who that was.
0: Jaworski Tart, I think it was. Jaworski Tart. Okay. Yeah, I think yeah, he one of Stafford's.
1: It, but one of Stafford's worst tendencies is yes. to <laughs> just throw it up, because um, he yes. has an amazing arm and he just chucks the ball. But a lot of the time, like you know, we'll get into the Super Bowl, but. If he, I'm like third and 14, he tends to do that and coaches let him just gun it downfield because it's a punt if they intercept it. So some of those yeah. numbers are a little skewed because of that. Um, he's throwing more picks because coaches tell him like, hey, just if, if it's third and whatever, you have the arm strength, just get it downfield. You know, yeah, it's a punt. It's fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, I don't mind yeah. that. That's fine. Uh, if you're not throwing the underneath thr- thr- route and you think you have a chance to get something big, go for it. That's fine. He did that to Kelvin all the time and the difference is Calvin Johnson could actually come down with the ball when it was, you know, coverage (laughs) or something. But yeah, that one in the San Francisco game was, that was just a mistake. That should have been an interception, and that would have changed the whole game.
0: We saw another one of those patented Stafford throws in the Super Bowl, which we can get into now, to uh, I believe near the end of the first half was when Stafford heaved it toward the end zone, and it was intercepted by the Bengals.
1: And that's exactly what I was saying. That one was third and 14. Um, So that one is something where... I don't mind that throw watching him do that for years. I would be like, Oh, there's, there it is. That's the Stafford punt. Yeah. And that's fine. Like you watching
2: know. it back. It honestly wasn't a bad read. It's just, I think he, he read it a little late and the ball didn't get there in time. You know, the defender, it gave the defender too much time to catch up to the receiver in the end zone. Yep.
1: For sure. Well, we're on the interceptions number. Cause that's what everyone kind of points to is like, Oh, why, you know, most quarterbacks with three touchdown passes and, you know, 280 something yards in the Super Bowl win the MVP. And everyone's like, mm-hmm. well, it's the two picks. Well, looking back at Mahomes when he won the MVP in the Super Bowl against San Francisco, yeah. 26 of 42, 286 yards, two touchdowns, two picks. Stafford, 26 of 40, 283, three touchdowns, two picks. Like it's the same numbers, mm-hmm. but one more touchdown. Um, and he didn't win yeah. it. And Cup, you know, had a fantastic year. I think he won it because of his year and obviously he had the two mm-hmm. touchdowns, but um it's pretty ridiculous that Stafford now has thrown to two of the best receiver statistical seasons ever with um Calvin Johnson and Cooper Cup. And I think it's definitely on Stafford that uh Cup was never really a superstar until Stafford got there.
0: Yeah, Cup was good, not great, but this year he just was the best for many the best player in the entire league this season, um in terms of his impact. And he, yeah, I think you're right. He won MVP mostly for that, you know, 92 yards, eight catches and two touchdowns. That's a pretty good stat line for a receiver, especially, obviously, he made the game winning touchdown catch. Um, I think I probably would have still given it to Cup overall, Um, you know, just again, for his overall impact on the season. Although I did say we watched the Super Bowl together in our Discord chat. And I believe I did say that I'm of the opinion that Mahomes should not have won Super Bowl MVP. I would have given it to Daryl Williams personally. Um, he had the dagger touchdown. And he had, an, uh, I think, at least one other touchdown in the game. And he felt like the guy who was actually performing consistently the entire game, whereas Mahomes threw his two interceptions and he looked lost out there and was a little nervous at times. Um,
2: I think I mostly agree with that.
0: His leadership helped spearhead the comeback, which I understand. And obviously they will, you know, it's fan voted, so they'll usually skew toward the quarterbacks. I think the reason Cup probably won this year is that everyone knows he's a star now. Uh, so the mm-hmm. fan vote obviously is going to be skewed toward him as well.
1: Yeah. And what I was getting at with the Mahomes thing is really like, cause I, I think cup price should have won it too, but it comes down to reputation going into the game and what people think of mm-hmm. you overall in your career. And Mahomes was the hot quarterback and still is, but you know, it was the, Oh, he's the young up and coming, like, you know, could be the goat quarterback going forward. Um, yeah. So when he went to the Super Bowl, he gets the MVP. Stafford's been with the lions. Everyone kind of had the assumption like, Oh, well he's just, He's an okay quarterback, and now he has a good team, so they they won. But um, seeing him in Detroit with how many fourth-quarter comebacks he could do with a bad team, seeing him do it mm-hmm. in every single playoff game other than, I, than the Arizona game, that was pretty satisfying because he is one of the best fourth-quarter co- quarterbacks I've ever seen. He turned it up a notch, and I think that's a flaw of his because if he turned that on for the entire game, then he would be one of the best of all time. But He's very good in the fourth quarter. He leads a lot of great drives to end games, um, and he showed that in the Super Bowl again and threw two touchdown passes on that last drive. Just one got called back
0: for a penalty. The whole game I found interesting because I was talking to my my best friend also, and he thought the game was terrible, and it seemed like some of us in the Discord chat thought the game was terrible. I thought it was pretty good, at least at least in the sense that it was competitive, and it never felt like either team was dominant. The Rams seem like to be the favorite. The Bengals, you know, they have issues on defense and their offensive line. uh, We didn't address the the Titans game. He got sacked, what, nine times in that Titans game? Right. Yep. Yeah, and and Burrow got sacked seven times in this uh, Super Bowl. I think five of those were in the second half because he felt fairly well protected in the first half, but he started getting sacked more and more down the stretch of this game. And obviously, the game-clinching play was him getting sacked on that fourth and one.
1: Yeah, Aaron Donald made a play. Did you see um, the behind, like the mic'd up? Uh, Sean McVay right before that play.
2: No, what, what um, was it? Oh, yeah, was, that was great.
1: Yeah, so before that play, like on the sidelines, he went up to Donald's like, you know, it's your time, whatever he said, he was giving him a little pep talk. And then on the mic to the offensive coordinator and whoever else he was talking to, he's like, Aaron Donald's going to make a play. And he like just called it right before he mm-hmm. made that sack. And, and yeah. then he's like, I knew it. I knew it was. You know, he was <laughs> yelling. It was pretty cool. Um, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of like Sean McVay kind of comes off as a dick. To me, yeah. but he's a very he's a very good coach. Um, <laughs> but mm-hmm. that was a cool moment, and that's like okay, that that's pretty cool. I like seeing that.
2: He's a, he's a good dick. Yeah, <laughs> he's like, a good
0: dick. That's a good soundbite. Um, that's a good yeah. Um, yeah, I was happy, at least happy for Aaron, for Aaron Donald because he's been. You look at his stat line, he's been a Pro Bowler every year of his career, a first team All Pro all but one year of his career, Defensive Player of the Year I think three times. Like he's been arguably pound for pound the best player in the entire league in terms of dominance at your at your position. And I'm glad he finally won that Super Bowl. And he was obviously a huge reason for the Super Bowl win. You know, the the Von Miller pickup midseason also helped with that pass rush. The OBJ pickup sucks that OBJ got hurt in the game, but he did get a touchdown. Um, That's another narrative that he can throw back in people's faces now about uh, Cleveland, which I keep hearing about. And I could not care less about that that whole rivalry at this point. Yeah, a lot of people on the Rams that I'm happy for, you know, guys who have been in the league a long time, guys who deserve better than the situations that they were in. So I'm happy for the Rams, even though I was not rooting for the Rams. I have enjoyed watching the Bengals this year. Um, Burrow and Chase are a great pair. I like Joe Burrow, just in general. Um, That Bengals offense is exciting. They'll be more of a threat in the years to come, I think. You know, The AFC definitely feels like the Chiefs, Bengals, and Bills feel like at least the next five years of the AFC. Um, Maybe another team can squeak in uh, and get really good. But right now, it definitely feels like those are the teams to be in the AFC. Yeah. I, I
2: still think the Patriots are gonna be in the mix for a little bit. They will with, with, yeah. Belichick. with
0: Belichick. Yeah, we'll see how Mac Jones develops because, you know, he's had a fairly decent rookie year, but he doesn't seem like, a, you know, that elite quarterback that you might need to win the Super Bowl at this point.
1: Before we get but too far past you mentioning Aaron Donald, um he was drafted thirteenth overall in uh two thousand fourteen. Um Odell Beckham okay. was taken right before him. Do you know who the Lions took at number 10? I knew you were going to ask
0: this. Um, oh, oh, oh. I'm guessing oh, someone who okay. does not play in a prominent position in the league anymore.
1: Uh, was it I'll, Eric Ebron? Yes, it was Eric oh, Ebron.
0: Oh, a backup tight end for the Giants, right? Isn't that his position no, now? No,
1: Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, oh, yes. that's right. Yeah. He, um, <laughs> yeah, the the most frustrating drops I've ever seen of a top pick <laughs> ever. He He would make one-handed catches and drop a pass right on his chest like consistently and he still does that. Um yeah, so I'm I'm pretty mad about that draft.
2: Oh yeah, I remember him being hyped as like the next Vernon Davis or whatever it was at the time. Mm-hmm. With his speed and everything.
1: Yeah, he's fast and he can get open, but he couldn't catch or block, <laughs> so he's useless.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've heard I've heard that with the Chiefs. I think I might get I might be getting my years mixed up, but I think the Chiefs drafted McCole Hardman before uh, DK Metcalf and someone else uh, another big receiver I don't remember who it was but someone who was drafted a couple years ago yeah, well that
1: so. that was um, right when Tyree Kill went through offseason stuff uh, off the field stuff right so I think they were trying to get a speed uh-huh. guy at that point
0: he was going through some, some stuff I think between those seasons but I don't think it was something that was like a threat to him actually getting removed from the team or from the league because he's had a couple smaller incidents happen since his big scandal which was actually before he even got in the league
1: Gotcha. I thought something had happened, and I remember when he was drafted. People saying, "Oh, they're like, just in case something happens with Hill, um, yeah. they took a guy that could at least match his speed somewhat."
0: Yeah, and Hardman came along a little bit this year. Like he's a decent-ish wide receiver too. I think they should still go after a wide receiver in free agency or in the draft. Someone on the defensive side should be top priority as far as the draft goes. Juju. Yeah, maybe Juju. There was talk about that between in the last off season, but Juju's like, "I'm going to stick with Ben. He's my guy," and uh, he got rewarded for that by. By playing with Ben and Ben's last year and also being hurt for most of it, uh, so he might want to go elsewhere this time. Uh, maybe he's also committed to the team and he is hopeful for whoever they're going to bring in next. Because I do think if we want to talk about the Steelers again for a second, I don't think they're going to start Mason Rudolph. Maybe for one year they do, but I really think they're going to go after someone because they do have oh, a yeah. team that's ready made to you know make a playoff push with a better quarterback.
2: Yeah, they'll at least get somebody as a stopgap, mm-hmm. maybe a Jimmy Garoppolo. Who knows? Yeah, yeah.
1: I, my thoughts on them are they're. They're going to make a push for Aaron Rodgers. Um, If he stays in Green Bay or goes somewhere else, then they probably go with Rudolph for one year and get a high draft pick because they're not going to be very good. Um, And then go one more time in the offseason because more and more veteran quarterbacks have been available. And if not, they're going to try to draft someone. But I think the thought right now is probably go after the big guy now if they can't get him we're going to start Mason Rudolph and just see how it goes for a season and probably draft someone the next year.
0: Yeah. As I was saying that I was pretty sure they're going to get another quarterback. I also convinced myself while I was talking that, Oh, I can see one year of Mason Rudolph. If they don't get someone, I can very easily see that happening and they'll get, they'll probably get a high draft pick next year.
2: I'm sure Steelers fans are ecstatic about that. Oh
0: yeah. (laughs) Oh
2: yeah.
1: Hey, they can know what what it's like to be a Lions fan going into a season, knowing you're not going to be good.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Or a Chiefs fan in the, Late 2000s, early 2010s.
2: Or a Raiders fan for most of them, <laughs> A Raiders I mean. fan for your entire life. You, you know life?
1: what's yeah. sad? I Well, I mean, a lot of things about the Lions are sad, but I was not <laughs> even two years old yet when the Lions won their last playoff game. I was one.
0: say so you don't remember a playoff win in your life? So I wasn't nope. even alive. Wow. I do not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Some people have it worse than us, Arcadia. Some people. Yeah. So there was one game that I was neglecting to mention. It was the divisional game that involved the Rams. Because I was going to get to the big story of the offseason, which was that Tom Brady finally, well, hopefully, played his final game in the league. I'm still convinced he might come back at some point,
1: just because... He opened the door.
0: I don't like it. I don't like the vibes. I get a feeling he'll come back somewhere. Um, But as of now, he announced his retirement, I think a couple weeks ago now, after that divisional game. And it's still, like, we've been hearing rumors, I think, the week leading up to that game, and obviously they got louder after they lost, but... I honestly didn't feel like he'd retire. He definitely feels like a, I have to go out on top kind of guy to me. Not a Michael Jordan 1998 philosophy of we defend it until we can't defend it anymore. That's not the kind of player I saw Tom Brady as. So I was surprised that he actually hung it up this year, to be honest with you.
2: Me too. I thought he was going to play until he couldn't.
0: Yeah. Divisional game against like a decent quarterback and a pretty good team just didn't feel like the ending to that career like at least drew Brees lost to tom brody who was ultimately the super bowl champion when he retired last year which i guess you know stafford's also the super bowl champion now but yeah. it just didn't feel like the greatest of all time didn't feel like the ending that you would expect i guess
1: the cynic in me says that he retired because there might be some investigation going on into uh the buccaneers organization and mm-hmm. how they handled the entire thing that we're not going to talk about with antonio brown and other behind-the-scenes issues, and that he was just like, well, you know what? It's not worth it to be involved and be questioned and talked about this stuff. If I'm out of the organization, you know, it's it's their problem. That's the cynic in me. The other side of me is believing him that he just saw something that he could do outside of football that made him happy, which is what he said, including being with his family. But uh, it's a, it was a very bizarre, like, athletic ending for his career. But off, yeah. the, off the field, I see his reasoning at least
0: yeah and I mean even if it's just hey I want to finally spend more time with my family like he's what 44 or 45 like you've earned that you know obviously I think you know if you get to his point he's avoided injury you know obviously he had his torn ACL but compared to most players he's avoided injury seemingly you know I'm sure everyone's more banged up than they would ever let on but that's a lot of wear and tear on your body and I think obviously it gets a little harder every year especially once you start getting into your 30s and 40s as a player Um, So physically, it's just, you know, just gets more difficult. Maybe he was more hurt than he had ever let on. Um, He went through what last year with the torn MCL and torn MCL, torn MCL MCL, the entire year last year, (laughs) which, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe this year he was feeling it and that, that was it. And you know, if that's the case, good for him, obviously his legacy, no matter what happened this year was going to be intact. Losing in the divisional round is not going to kill the legacy of the greatest of all time.
2: I have like a gut feeling like just, something telling me that he's going to show up right before training camp and give it <laughs> one more go. I, I don't know. It's just, it's just a weird feeling. There's been some reports in the last couple days or whatever that they've hinted that maybe his retirement isn't totally final. To me, it would make sense. Maybe he just doesn't want to go through all the off season stuff and then just show up like a week into training camp and say, okay, I'm ready
0: yeah i mean i'm again it's also me just (laughs) it was the same as me when he was playing never counting him out in any situation like always expecting him to be the super bowl winner by the end of the year so i wouldn't be disappointed um i'm still of that mind like to me he's not retired until it's been like 10 years of him away so (laughs) so as of now i'm not convinced of anything if it is the end for him then obviously he's the greatest of all time i feel like one or two Super Bowls ago was when that became indisputable. I think the Bucks Super Bowl, him leaving Belichick and getting one, sealed that. And obviously beating a dominant team like the Chiefs helped seal that as well. You know, seven championships, all the passing records. and I mean, that's not going to be touched for a long time if it happens. And, you know, if we want to talk about the AFC quarterbacks again, I don't think because of all those guys being against each other in the same conference, sort of like he and Peyton took away from each other at times. I mean, I don't feel like anyone's going to get to seven championships in their career.
2: I mean, I feel like if anybody can do it, it's probably going to be Mahomes. Yeah, but
0: with Josh Allen and that was that was my thing. Um, was you know with Burrow there, with Josh Allen there, like it still feels weird to me that Josh Allen hasn't made it to the Super Bowl yet. But it's just that you know he went up against the Chiefs two years, and sometimes that happens. Um, but yeah, you know with those quarterbacks in that conference, I could see you know there's going to be a lot of years where teams that should have made the Super Bowl aren't going to make it. I think the Bills this year were that team that they should have made the Super Bowl because it seemed like they were better than anyone else in either conference in this playoffs. Did you have anything you want to say about Tom Brady?
1: Uh, I mean, I think we pretty much said it. I mean, so being from Michigan and him being a Michigan quarterback, I've followed him for a long time and uh, was a big fan. Like, you know, a lot of people don't like Tom Brady. A lot of of it because he won, a lot of it because of what the Patriots and their reputation. But, you know, I remember being very excited when he won his first Super Bowl Uh, And followed him ever since. So it's been a very, very cool to watch his career Um, coming from Michigan, where he was like battling for the starting job because Michigan promised the job to another quarterback who was like kind of the stud of Michigan at the time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm blanking on his name, but um, he was drafted into the MLB. um, And but they're like, oh, well, if you play at Michigan, you'll be the starter and then you can go in the NFL and all that. So he had a weird career in college and then obviously was drafted very late. I've enjoyed his career and watching him win and, and pull off what he did. But um, I think he is going to stay retired personally, even though he's left that door open. I think he's going to stay retired.
0: Yeah. I feel like if he doesn't come back in the next two years, then he's, he's done. But I think this off season and next off season, I'm still going to have that feeling that there's a chance.
1: I think if he doesn't come back for this next year, he's done. I don't think he's going to come back after two.
0: Yeah, I could see. And obviously he'll be He'll be 47. If he comes back the year after this, um, but I could still see that whole tickier off, you know, if he's got some physical ailments, he can heal up a little bit uh, and then come back for one last run. Um, I don't know how his contract situ- situation will work with the Bucks if that's who he goes back to. He only to. has one more year. How does retirement affect that? I don't know. I don't know how that affects contracts. Um, they
1: still have his rights, I believe, because okay. the Patriots still had to trade Gronk if he came back, like when he was still under contract. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, Drew Henson, by the way, that was the name you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, Drew
1: Henson. And I know that name, but I'm also four beers deep, so we'll see. But, um, you know, yeah, no, Drew Henson, uh, he was like, he went to Brighton High School, which is very close to me. My parents actually live in Brighton right now, Mm -hmm. Um, and he was like a Michigan all-star in every single sport that he played. So he was a big deal. Michigan obviously knew that, and he was a big name. So that kind of messed up Brady's entire career at Michigan for the most part.
0: Yeah. I think we can close the book on Tom Brady. Like, I think, I don't think either of you will dispute that he's the greatest of all time. I honestly, at this point, you know, Montana seemed like it for the longest time. I think he's easily surpassed Joe Montana in pretty much every way. Absolutely. And I feel like this, you know, this is one of those runs that is so hard to duplicate. Obviously nothing's impossible, but I don't think it will happen, you know. If Mahomes plays long enough, he might, he'll he probably take the yards and touchdowns, but that would be it, I think. I don't think he'll get eight Super Bowls or anything.
1: You know what's crazy, though? I think um, by the, unless Stafford retires early, um, he's on pace to break the passing record by a lot um, okay. because he came in so young. Uh, he was a junior and a young junior when he came into the league. So his pace, if he keeps it up, he will pass Tom Brady by a lot as far as yardage if he mm. plays okay. for even close to the time Brady did.
0: What would you say, like like six or seven years for him to get to that? I don't know what he's at right now.
1: He's close to 60,000, I believe. I have a, you know, so I'm an accountant and I keep a spreadsheet of passing yards by quarterbacks and touchdowns (laughs) and everything every year um, on my work computer. So That's amazing. Yeah, I have a career statistics for a lot of quarterbacks and that. And he, I believe, is in the 50,000, like between 50 and 60,000 range. So Mm -hmm. um, he could definitely get there.
0: Okay. Yeah. So I'll have you keep me updated year to year on how he's doing as far as that goes. <laughs> yeah, um, we'll do. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. We'll see if it's the end for Brady. I, I I'm all, I'm always scared of him coming back, just like I was always scared of him winning the Super Bowl. Um, but yeah, we'll see what the future holds. Um, a great career, obviously. Um, so last thing I want to talk about. We've talked about this season as a whole. I think we should look ahead to t- to the 2022 season. Early expectations. What do you guys expect from your teams, and what do you expect from the league as a whole? So for the Raiders specifically,
2: I think they're going to experience some growing pains. Obviously they have a new coach now in Josh McDaniels and uh you guys know that I haven't been the biggest fan of the hire. Yeah. Um ever in the couple of weeks since I've I've kind of been talking myself into maybe being cautiously optimistic. I've also noticed that his offenses are generally good in the red zone whether how much that has to do with Tom Brady We'll, we'll find out, obviously. that Like I mentioned earlier, that's a big struggle that the Raiders have had in recent years is their red zone offense. So if you can come in and fix that a little bit, I think with the weapons that he has in Waller and Hunter Renfro, mm-hmm. I think they can take another step forward on offense depending on how fast Carr can learn it. Um, I still think their O-line needs to continue to be upgraded and overhauled. Since I believe their blocking scheme is going to be a gap blocking scheme, where under Gruden they use the zone blocking scheme, so they they might need some new personnel in that area. They got to keep upgrading on defense. Obviously, their their secondary is still kind of an issue. They they need another safety that can cover. But um, I think they might experience some growing pains. I don't I don't know if they're going to make the playoffs again in back to back years. But I still think maybe. Like an eight and nine, nine and eight type of season mm-hmm. is what I envision.
0: Yeah, I don't want to be rude to you, but with the Chargers and the Chiefs, it's unlikely that the Raiders are going to win the division. So they have to have a good year to make it in as a wild card team. Because this—that's oh, fair. And it's not a division that you're going to win um, with, you know, your eight and nine type record that you know some divisions can sometimes sneak in with. So. Yeah, I, will, I don't know if I would expect a playoff year for them. I think it'll probably be a bit of a downgrade from this year in terms of record and performance. Yeah, but like you said, growing pains, first year with a new scheme. We'll see what Josh, how Josh McDaniels does because his first run as a head coach was not so great.
2: Yeah, that's that's really the key. At the press conference, I know he said, oh, I've, th- this is what I've learned from my experience in Denver, and this is what I'm going to do differently and all that.
0: But it's just a matter of putting it all together. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see what they do. Bobby, do you think your team will put it all together next year?
1: Uh, honestly, I'm, I mean, I'm more optimistic for about like two years down the line, Mm -hmm. um, two to three, but, um, as far as next year goes, uh, it's going to be a big focus on the draft. Um, and I hope they do not fall into the trap of, Oh, we're up at the top of the draft. We have to take a quarterback uh, and take someone like Malik Willis, who is very raw, kind of like a Trey Lance, um, very athletic, uh, good arm, but just, you know he, I think that's what he would be like coming in and he would, and, uh, and he would take years of development. I think, um, I think we should take something like Aiden Hutchinson or Thibodeau, someone like that, or even a, a linebacker, hopefully some get something good at the end of the draft or end of the round first round with, uh, the Rams pick at 32. But really if we get a receiver or two, because we had the worst receiving core that I've seen on an NFL team since I've been alive, <laughs> uh, this yeah. year, um, which did not help Goff Cause I think Goff is, he's competent. He's okay. But we mm-hmm. literally had only one player he could throw to uh, and It was a tight end. So, yeah. uh, you know, if we, if we get a receiver or two and we improve in the draft, uh, I think I really like our coaching staff and the way the defense has, was handled with a lot of uh, moving pieces. We had a lot of different starters, and yet we still were pretty competitive in a lot of games. If Rogers leaves, I expect the Lions could be in the hunt for a wild card spot in the next couple years. Um, And if he sticks around, I think that it's going to be until Rodgers leaves that we really have a shot to like win the division or do anything like that. But um, what I'm really hoping for is we do not go after a quarterback this offseason. We get better on the receiving side, a few more defensive pieces, and build from there. And then once we can put the team together uh, and get an offensive strategy, then we bring a quarterback in to develop. Um, after that, probably in the 2023 draft, I would say. Th- that's what I'm hoping, because Goff, we can't get rid of him right now. His co- With his contract, uh, his buyout would be, or his cap hit would be too big right now.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, no one would want him either.
1: No, and he's going to be our quarterback next year. It's pretty much a given, which is fine. But uh, yeah, I- I'm hopeful for the next couple of years, but it's always, you know, cautious optimism with the Lions. You kind of live with that, rooting for a team like them, because they haven't had success my entire life. But um, yeah. You know, I'm, I'm hoping for something good because I really like the team, uh, the front office and the coach, coaching staff that they've put together. You know, Ben Johnson, I th- it Ben, is it Johnson that we just hired as our offensive coordinator, meaning that Dan Campbell is going to call plays next year. So I want to see a full year of him doing that and see if it's worth it um, mm-hmm. to have him call plays going forward because he has never really done it before this year. I just a lot of more curiosity is more than anything. I'm not really optimistic or pessimistic going into next year. It's more just I want to see them build and get better.
0: Before we move on, um, NFC North, who is the favorite if Rodgers leaves? Who would you say?
1: Uh, Minnesota, if they keep most of their team probably, but it's kind of a toss-up.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's kind of it's a really weak division without without uh, Rodgers on the Packers, I think. The Packers still could have a good chance, even with Love, but...
1: I think if Rodgers doesn't come back and it's Love, I think it's between Chicago and Minnesota, personally. Mm. And I think it could be a 9-8 and eight type of year yeah. that wins it.
2: Yeah, I feel like Chicago might be a surprising
0: team next yeah.
1: year. it depends on field. It all depends on his development.
0: Chicago is a team that interests me because I honestly thought he would have a better rookie year than he did. I didn't think they'd make the playoffs necessarily, but I did think he'd be further along his rookie year than he was. So with a full off season, hopefully this time they're actually committed to him as the starter and they don't have the Andy Dalton bullshit that he had to deal with this year. Um, hopefully with a full off season, if they're actually committed to him as the starter for this year, I'm curious how that team will get, how that team will perform. They definitely have potential.
2: I was going to say not having Matt Nagy
0: is uh-huh. going
1: to I was going to say, them, yeah, I <laughs> he, I think Nagy's a terrible head coach. Yeah. So, yes.
0: Yeah. Uh, I really happen. don't want the Chiefs to bring him back as coordinator if BNME leaves. That's my, did, mm. did he get hired elsewhere? No, but honestly, I think he's a fine
1: offensive coordinator. Not a great one, but he's okay. But he needs to be put into a system like Andy Reid's where you have the players around it. He was too stubborn with the system. With the players he had, like with Trubisky um, and then Dalton and Fields, he didn't adjust enough. Like when Fields came in, he tried to run the same same offense that he had with Andy Dalton for for a few games, and it looked terrible until he finally decided to use his
0: legs. Okay, so as far as the Chiefs go, I mean, I feel like as far as next year goes, they have the best chance of at least our three teams here. You know they they always seem like the perennial team to beat in the AFC at this point. until something changes, you know the Bills are probably going to be right on their heels. The Bengals are probably going to be around right their heels, assuming they address their offensive line and their defense, which I'm sure they will. Not to humble brag too much, but I believe my best friend Jacob, you can back me up on this. At the beginning of the year, I think I predicted 12 and five and a conference championship exit. So I was right as far as that went. I wasn't happy about it, but. This team it wasn't the way I thought it would happen. I figured they would just, you know, be a p- pretty good team and have some issues along the way. It was sort of a tale of two seasons for them. I expect them to be, you know, record-wise probably about the same next year. The uh, AFC West will probably be a bit more competitive, you know, if the Chargers address some of their issues. If the Raiders come along, then it could be more competitive. But, you know, I feel like the Chiefs are just sort of, you're going to expect them to be a top threat until they're not anymore. And, you know, I feel like that's what's going to be next season for them. Um as far as the draft goes, I hope they pick up or or in free agency, I hope they pick up a wide receiver. Um, hope they address the defensive line, get a better pass rusher. I don't think they'll be able to keep Melvin uh, Melvin Ingram. Um he obviously added a lot in the second half of the season. I think he's probably going elsewhere because he'll probably get a better deal. But I hope they bolster their pass rush. I hope they address their secondary. Um losing Tyron Matthew is gonna hurt in the sense that everyone always talks about the leadership that he provided. Um and obviously, you know, he he blew some plays, but he was still you know, one of the top safeties in the league. So that's going to be something we'll have to address. It's mostly on the defensive side of the ball, because obviously even with their uh, super offensive line last year, they were, you know, one of the best offenses, if not the best in the league. So I also want them to run the ball more this year, because I feel like um, this past season, they ran the ball a little more than they usually do, but it was at the worst of times. It was like you throw a lot on first down, then you run the ball on second down, and then it's third and eight. I felt like we ran, ran to a lot of that. And I want less of that. I want more running the ball in first down or at least mixing and matching the plays better so that it's not as predictable because I feel like I could predict the way our drives were going to go a lot of the time.
2: I feel like we're always hoping for
0: Andy Reid to run the ball. More. <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, I felt the same way about the Bills, like the AFC championship game against the Bills in 2020. They never run the ball. They never like the whole first half. They might have had two carries and it's like you're falling behind. Like at that point, you have to throw the ball, but like your offense is horribly predictable you know Allen using his legs is the only time they would ever run the ball and he's really good when he does that i think they got better about that this year but like <laughs> the top two teams in the afc just don't run the ball and i feel like it's not as exciting but you got to do it more
1: what are your thoughts nick on edwards a do you think he's a every down kind of guy or do you want to, them to bring in more of a bruiser like what are your thoughts on him
0: i mean daryl williams and um oh god what's his name what's his name the guy that they had uh, uh Born. McKinnon, Jarrett McKinnon. Oh, McKinnon. Yeah, okay. yeah, McKinnon. Um, in the playoffs, he had a, he had a couple of good performances. And Darrell Williams, while uh, Edward Solaire was out in the middle of the year, he had a lot of really good performances. Um, I would have to compare them stats wise, yards per carry, and all that. Um, it feels like those guys were better than Edward Solaire was, at least in terms of this season. Um, it's it's difficult to say because he's gotten injured a few times, and obviously it's not a run heavy team. I would like to see them at least utilize him more in the passing game. Um, I feel like he's a better rusher than some fans give him credit for. Like, Chiefs fans have already have already called him a bust because we drafted him in the first round, even though he was pick 32. Um, I think it's too early to call him that. But I would I want to see him at least incorporated more into the passing game next year because, you know, we had to check down more this year. And Daryl Williams was good catching out of the backfield, and uh, McKinnon was also really good at that. But Edward Solera, that was something he specialized in at LSU, from what I understand. So I'd want to see him incorporated into that more. Um, at least as long as we have him you know I feel like I don't know when his deal is up but I feel like they might try and move on from him after his deal is up which would be I guess another year or two probably I think he's better than some people give him credit for but I don't think he's necessarily a long-term solution I feel like he's a fine lower-end RB1 not in fantasy but like just actually using him as a running back in the game we'll see I'm not sold on him but I also think he's a little better than people give him credit for I don't think they're in a position to go out and overspend on a running back this offseason or anything
1: yeah, that's fair. I was just curious because um, like hearing what an actual Chiefs fan thinks of of him, because looking, looking at it from what I see, I think the same thing where they should get him more involved in the passing game. Yeah. Um, just to see what he can do, because I think he's very talented.
0: Well, his rookie year, I made the decision to make him my first round pick in fantasy because and I thought brother. he would. <laughs> yeah, I thought he would catch more out of the backfield. You know, PPR, uh, our league is PPR. So I really thought that would, you know, pay off for me and it didn't. And I was one of the worst players in the league because of that. I think, yeah, I was because my team was named last place. That's right. Um, (laughs) Yeah, so, you know, as far as stats wise, I don't think he'll ever be a stat sheet stuffer kind of guy. But I think he could definitely be used better than he has been as long as he can stay healthy because he's had a couple unfortunate injuries. But he seems to come back from injuries really well. Like, it looks like, ooh, a severe concussion, or it looks like he tore something, but it's actually, he's okay, and he's going to be back in two or three weeks. That's happened a few times. We'll, we'll see what happens as far as that goes. I, I, I'm generally of the more optimistic opinion with him, but I also don't think he's an answer, necessarily.
1: That's about what I would think with him, too.
0: Yeah, he's, I feel like he's got a ceiling. He might be a little better than, again, a little better than he's been able to show. I hope... You know, if the enemy leaves, I really hope that they can uh, mix the offense up a little bit again. I, you know, obviously, you want them to be able to mix it up and you hope it works out, but I don't know. I'm a little not concerned about this team, but I sort of feel like they're not going to be as good as they have been, but they'll still be a perennial threat, I think. I mean, my way too early prediction is I think the Bills take the AFC next year, barring an injury to Josh Allen or something.
2: I was just going to bring that up. That's also my AFC pick. And then in the NFC, I think I have the 49ers. With Trey Lance? Cuz the NFC just really? doesn't seem very impressive to me at all.
0: Well, if Rodgers goes to the AFC, then like who's your best quarterback in the NFC at that point? Exactly. Like legitimately, I'm trying to think, is it Dak? Cuz he certainly, uh, you know, the, the Cowboys don't show it in the playoffs. Uh maybe Matthew Stafford by oh, default. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's but Stafford by default. at that point, yeah, I think. Stafford and then Dak maybe number 2 cuz like, okay, let's and then think. Kyler. Um, yeah, Kyler. Kyler like, uh, Kirk Cousins is a good stats quarterback.
1: Yeah, but he's, uh, yeah, he's fine, yeah. but he's not good. I said stats
0: enough. quarterback. I didn't say he was a good quarterback. who will see. got? NFC East, you've got Daniel Jones for another year. Um, sure. Jalen Hurts, who's okay. Whoever the heck the commanders get. Yeah, I was going to say, Fitzpatrick yeah, didn't get to play get this year. Someone. But I don't think they'll go with Heineke again.
1: No, I mean they legitimately said they have to address the quarterback position. So, uh, <laughs> well, like, <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. I think they're going to try to get Russell Wilson.
0: Yeah, I was also thinking the Steelers yeah. might try and get Russell Wilson. That was my thought of where he might go.
1: Well, is Russell Wilson the best quarterback? Even if he's not on the best team right now? No,
2: no, I don't, I don't think so. Maybe four years ago, I would have said sure, but his he's he just hasn't had it no lately
0: yeah he had flashes of it last year but yeah nfc is a whole especially with brady gone it's a whole up in the air right now and if and if rogers goes
1: yeah and yet they've won the last two Super Bowls, which is mm-hmm. bizarre
0: and they almost won one with jimmy garoppolo against patrick mahomes yeah i don't know i'm curious where all the quarterbacks land it feels like another busy season in terms of quarterbacks moving we had a very busy off season last year of quarterbacks moving around um we might get another another one of those this year
1: I feel like we need another one of these NFL podcasts before the season starts once everything's yeah. settled um, yeah. to kind of predict, to get our predictions Pr- predict out there. Yeah, we have some way too early yeah.
0: predictions right now. Exactly. Because I don't know how everything's going to shake out. We haven't hit free agency yet because the season just ended two days ago.
1: Yep. I think we're going to find out about Rodgers within uh, like a week and a half.
0: Oh, you think that soon?
1: I think very quickly.
0: Okay. I mean, I hope we do just because <laughs> I want to have a better idea of, of what everything's going to look like next year. Do you think he goes to the Broncos? Do you think there's a chance that happens?
1: I think that's the...
0: If he goes the, anywhere.
1: If he goes anywhere, I think it'll be between Denver and Pittsburgh.
0: Personally. That's probably what I'm thinking.
1: Um, but Denver is probably the biggest chance.
0: Yeah, I feel like Denver knows that that's something they have to address. They can, they will they will say publicly that like, Drew Locke is our guy, but they know at this point. They know.
2: Yeah, yeah, I hate it here. <laughs>
0: Or well, I guess they had Teddy Bridgewater for most of this year, and he was yeah, admirable, but not you know not a, not good enough, not what they need. Like again, I do think they are a good quarterback away from being a contender again.
2: Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, Aaron Rodgers, I absolutely need <laughs> it here. Yeah. Are you sure you That'd want to sign ridiculous. to that extension when
0: that's the competition?
2: Yeah, why not? <laughs> I mean, why not?
0: Yeah. Well, Roger said he wants to play on the West Coast. Do you think there is any chance the Raiders could get him? If if he, I really hope they don't. Yeah.
2: I really hope they don't. Because again, he's only a few year guy. I I don't want the
0: headache. I do not want the headache. Yeah. I mean, maybe he'll be happy now that once he finds another team. But even so.
1: So very weird side note, but has anyone else thought that Derek Carr, with his helmet on and only with his helmet on, looks exactly like Chris Pine? But when he takes it off, he looks nothing like him. Chris Pine. I see that.
0: Um, I see that.
1: Look at look at him with it's his eyes um look at him with his helmet on only and then compare it to chris pine
2: yeah they have like the same eyes kind of they have the same
0: look Derek carr with helmet on um i personally don't see it
1: okay i've always thought it but um yeah i think it's it's just just his eyes i've told it to a few people some see it some don't but i was curious Mm. especially with arcadio
0: yeah i don't really um I mean, obviously, everyone says he looks like what's his name from Home Alone when he has his helmet off and his hair is crazy. The long hair. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. He finally cut it after <laughs> the after the, the season.
0: That was a good aside. Okay. I had no idea where you are going with that. Yeah, that's my my weird aside for the day. Okay, I don't think I have any weird asides. Is there anything else that we didn't mention that you guys would want to bring up?
2: Oh yeah, actually, um, we didn't really get into fantasy football, but oh, I yeah, just yeah. wanted to say really quickly, um, what's your number one pick going into next year? If
0: um, you had to pick right oh. Now? Uh, I'm in a PPR league, and it's hard to say no to Cooper Cup. But I also just have that gut feeling he's going to get hurt. I always feel that way about anybody I pick number one. Or like the consensus number one before the year starts, I always expect them to get hurt.
2: I have a tough time picking a wide receiver at number one.
1: I think it's going to be Jonathan Taylor.
2: Mm. That's that's who I was going to go with too.
1: It's Taylor, or if you want to go with Derrick Henry again, but coming off the injury, people might push him down. But I think it's going to be Taylor, Cup, Justin Jefferson, I think he's going to be mm-hmm. up there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I and think it's those are going to be like your top three, four, five picks or whatever that I just mentioned. But Jonathan Taylor, uh, maybe Eckler up there. Derrick Henry.
2: In my uh, league of records, Justin Jefferson. Uh, I had Jonathan Taylor, and I get to keep keep him for a fourth round pick this year. So I'm oh, pretty nice. excited about that. Awesome.
0: Yeah. Um, this year I only did the one league, and I had I had the first overall pick, and I took Derrick Henry. Obviously, he got injured mid season, which sucked. The year before that, I did a couple different leagues and another league I was in, I had the first overall pick and I picked McCaffrey and he got hurt early in the season and he was pretty much out the entire year after that. So that's me also being paranoid that anybody who I pick number one overall is going to get hurt. So it could be anybody. I think Cooper Cup was number one in terms of total points this year um, in my PPR league um, because he also ran the ball uh, here and there too. But yeah. Yeah, I would I would say number one overall I would go with Cub because I, I used to be a pick a quarterback first kind of guy, but all the quarterbacks like in a ten team league you'll get a quarterback who's great for you in fantasy. It's all the other positions. No, you have I, to I never. Oh yeah, I never, I never take, take a quarterback, quarterback high, high. high. But all I know it is depends that, on how the league uh, is scored for me. I,
1: I can never. All I know is I don't think I can ever have a better fantasy season than I did this year because I only played in two leagues and I usually play in three, and I won thirteen hundred dollars between the two leagues. Uh, winning one and coming in second. So um, I'm hoping to repeat that because that's a good chunk of change. But um, yeah, I don't think that's
0: going to happen. I haven't done a money league in a few years. I won the last, I think maybe the last two that I actually had money in. And I bought a Wii with the last money league that I won. That was fun. Nice. Um, (laughs) Yeah, maybe if we, I think we all, we had, I I remember I put some names in a list of people who wanted to do a fancy league in our Discord this year. Um, I don't know who wants to commission it, but we should do a little money league this year, I think. Oh, yeah. oh, I'd be down. I'd yeah, 100. I, I have I have commissioner okay. experience. Okay, I'll let you be commish then, because I've never done it before, at least not with the league or, or just make, actually handle. Money. Or we just
1: make Cody do it. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> if he wants to be in the league, we'll make Cody do it. Yeah, he's the default if you. Want. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm sure you know. Fantasy always has a bunch of surprise guys every year. I'm sure, obviously, someone we don't expect has a good chance of being like the biggest guy in fantasy next year. Who knows? It could be a rookie. Could be anybody else. I had a mediocre fantasy season this year and I had a bad one the year before. And I didn't have a losing record ever before these last two years. I was always pretty good, at least in fantasy. So maybe if anyone listens to my advice, maybe you just shouldn't take it at this point.
2: Yeah, in my league of record, we, we do like a small pot, like a $50 buy-in. Yeah. So $500 total. But uh, we also have a trophy because it's, it's the league I've been in since high school. And we have the trophy and each year, uh, one of the panels gets engraved with whoever won that year and all that. I got my name up there three times, but I haven't
0: had it in the last couple of years. So. Do you like get to hold onto it for the entire year? Like in your house, you get to hold to it. Nice. Yeah. Hold to it for the entire. Year. Oh, I'd be, I'd be so worried about losing it or like a house fire or something. I'd be so yeah. worried that the, the trophy would be lost in some way.
1: Yeah. I'm uh, in my family league, which is a pretty decent money league. I've won back to back. So I'm not expecting to win next year, but that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd take that any day.
0: Yeah, I think the most expensive league I ever, I've ever done was, like, a $20 buy-in. Yeah, we'll we'll discuss. We'll discuss our money league. It sounds like we'll have a money league this year for, for our Discord peeps. We'll discuss what the buy-in should be. I love fantasy, and I also I also hate fantasy. That's what fantasy does.
1: Yep, absolutely. <laughs> yep, definitely. <Sends> it up.
0: <sighs> yeah. Next year should be fun. Um, a, lot of, a lot of changes in the league, a lot of people moving around. Um, this was a pretty fun year, all in all. I didn't pay attention to a lot of the other, like, other teams in the league for the first, I would say, like, three quarters of this season but the last stretch heading to the playoffs that extra week was fun um the playoffs were fun the games weren't all great but those last what three weeks we had game time or game winning field goals in like six straight games i think
1: you mean you you mean you didn't pay attention to the lions for the first three quarters of the year what are you doing i
0: paid attention to them being like (laughs) zero and seven and one and i thought ooh, if they go zero and 16 and one that would be the funniest record ever i did pay attention to that
1: yeah, that was talked about on Detroit Sports Radio forever. I'm if sure it was. 16-1, yeah.
0: Oh, God. I cannot bring myself to listen to KC Sports Radio. I can't stand those people. I can't stand any of them. I can do so much better things with my time than to listen to KC Sports Radio.
1: We have someone from New York that is, uh, like, he originally from New York, went to Michigan State, and then stayed in Michigan, um, mm. and he shoots it pretty straight that I like listening to, uh, Mike Villani. Um but... Also, Michigan fans all hate him. So my dad hates him because he's a state <laughs> fan and bashes Michigan all the time. But mm. um, I like his takes because he's pretty neutral. Like he's a Giants fan talking about the Lions. Like you know, he'll, he'll say what he what he thinks the team should do. Um, yeah. So I don't I don't mind listening to some of his his stuff.
0: Something I meant to ask you, Bobby, at the beginning of the show, uh, in your Michigan Michigan State household, did your parents have any of that lame house divided merchandise?
1: I have posted this in the Discord, yes. I think I've asked um, you this already. Still, it still exists um, at okay. my house. um Yeah, we had, like, down our basement, in our family room, everywhere you can think of, uh, there was house-divided stuff with Michigan and Michigan State. <laughs> split flags, split, you know, posters, pictures, whatever.
0: That's a Kansas thing. Between Kansas and Kansas State, um, those schools are, like, an hour apart, if that the, they're the two big rebels in the state and i saw a lot of kids they grew up with their parents had that stuff like outside their outside their houses or they had shirts with it and i'm like i i, I just can't do that that's the lamest thing ever to me no offense to your parents or anybody else
1: but i'm just built yeah different, it I guess. is no it, it is but we it.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah i i never
0: really saw too many of
2: those those uh those split merchandise or whatever with the raiders and the 49ers to be honest i think I it's more think of a college thing it.
1: yeah yeah No, I I just uh, tagged you, Nick, if you want to see my parents. So uh, this is, we were at my parents' house for the Michigan-Michigan State game when State won, which my dad was not happy and I was very happy. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's currently there, or it was.
0: I see. The KUK State stuff looks exactly the same. I'm sure most states have have something like this do you have any no uh northern california rival schools arcadia
2: um so for college anyway uh san jose state their big rivalry is fresno Mm. um but that was never really a factor except for football like my freshman year that i was there yeah because that was i want to say that was the last year that Derek carr was the quarterback or the second to last year but yeah both those teams were pretty good i think state was 10 and 2 and Fresno was like 11-1, and one, and I think State beat Fresno like around Thanksgiving, and that was a big thing at the time. But no, ever since then, San Jose State's just not really good in any of their sports.
0: Yeah, it happens that way. KU's not good in football. They're obviously great in basketball, but they're in a big conference in football, and they have been in the bottom of that conference, I think, every year for the last 12, 13 years. But because K-State is sometimes good in both of those sports, and KU's always good in basketball, it's still a big rivalry. I would say K State fans hate KU a lot more than KU fans hate K State, but that also might be the KU alum and me talking that observed all that for several years. Yeah, m- much like our families, Arcadio, um, you and I are a discord divided when it comes to the Chiefs and Raiders. We've we've talked a lot of shit. I came out oh, on the yeah, winning well, end this year, you, thankfully. You usually
2: come out on the winning, <laughs> winning end. Yeah.
0: yeah, I mean, they sometimes they'll sneak a win by. Um, they won that one game in 2020. That was basically the only real loss the Chiefs had that regular season. You know, it happens. I mean, there was a stretch where the Chiefs were losing to the Raiders quite a bit in the late 2000s, early 2010s.
2: Oh my! The fa- my favorite Raiders games that I've ever been to have been against the Chiefs. there's always just a different atmosphere whenever it's, it's a Chiefs game, mm-hmm. and that like everybody is just on edge. And the the few times they've actually won, they they've been going out of the stadium chanting the the fuck KC chant or whatever <laughs> that that I I will always remember that. Yeah. that was a great part of my childhood.
0: I need to go to um, I need to go to more games. I've only been to one regular season Chiefs game, and it was 2009, and it was a blacked-out game against, like, the Bills when both the Chiefs and the Bills were bad late in the year. We only went because my dad got free tickets from work, and he knew that that was going to be the only way to watch the game because it was getting blacked out. So that was my last regular season experience, and it was not fun. Uh, I, think, I think that was Matt Castle. Yeah, it was 2009, so it would have been the Matt Castle game. So I missed the entire Alex Smith era. I have not seen a good Chiefs team in person in my entire life. Um, but Elena and I are talking about going because the Seahawks play in KC next uh, next year, this coming season. So we are, I think, tentatively planning to uh, for, to have them come to KC and we're going to go see that game, which would be my first g- game seeing Mahomes live, as long as he's healthy.
1: Yeah. Do you guys remember, because I posted in the Discord, the only Lions game I went to this year?
0: Oh, oh wh- which one was
1: it? I remember. My brother dressed as the mascot for the other team.
0: I don't remember that part.
1: Yes. He's what? a big fan of. He's a big fan of the other team. Who's and the other he dressed team? Dressed of as the well. That's what I'm. I'm trying to have you remember. Oh.
0: He's a big
1: fan of the, the
2: Vikings was it?
1: Yes, Eagles. Nick, okay, you got it. Oh, so the the Lions were competitive in almost every single game this year, except yes. we lost 44 to six to the Eagles.
0: Oh, on I remember Halloween
1: this. on Halloween.
0: that's yeah. right. Uh,
1: which is why he was dressed up. <laughs> um, and that was the
0: game we went to, and we did stay for the entire game. I was going to say, and then I decided not to because I figured I was wrong. I was like, I feel like the Lions were competitive like most of the season in their games. Oh, at least. yeah. We were
1: blown out, I think, twice, really. Um, the other blowout was against the Seahawks, which we do play again next year, so Elena and I can have another competition of maybe bad teams. We'll see what the Seahawks <laughs> are like. But um, yeah. yeah, no, the Lions were within a score in almost every single game yeah um or at least like the ability to make a comeback type of thing um the eagles was the biggest blowout and that was the game
0: i was at it do be like that sometimes i don't think i've ever been to a chiefs game that we actually won i went i went to two preseason games other than the one i went to and i think we lost them both so i need to get there i need to get back there because i at least need to see them once while they're good
2: there's one uh raiders versus chiefs game that I'm remembering that th- one of the best games I've been to, I think. Um, do you remember Nick? Do you remember the name Jacoby Ford?
0: Vaguely. Oh, was this like 2017? This was 2010. Okay. Okay. I, there was a 2017 Thursday night game that I remembering that the chiefs lost on some bullshit. I don't remember the actual bullshit that happened, but I remember a Thursday night, 2017 game for some reason.
2: I, I remember that game. That was, um, <laughs> I want to say Amari Cooper or,
0: well, Amari Cooper had like 200
2: yards in that game. I think
0: that sounds right. Yeah, something like that. I remember that game pissed me off. Something fierce.
2: Yeah, the the Jacoby Ford game. Yeah, the Raiders were losing 10 to nothing at halftime, and then Jacoby Ford started the game, the second half off with a kickoff return for a touchdown. Okay. And then the fourth quarter, he just kept going up and making these insane catches, even though he's like a five foot nine wide receiver. And he ended the game with like 156 yards. Like he got like the game winning catch to set up the field goal in overtime he got the the catch to set up the field goal to go into overtime <laughs> it was crazy like every everywhere you turn you just kept going up and getting the ball hmm. that was one of the funnest games i've ever been to
0: so now i'm trying to think if it was 2010 who was their quarterback because i know they had a lot of quarterback churn for from like 07 to 2014
2: oh the raiders quarterback that game was jason campbell okay oh
0: yeah yeah, yeah he was uh, a backup yeah. wasn't he the former
1: washington football team quarterback
2: yeah and even even that year there was some controversy between campbell and bruce gradkowski oh my god and, oh wow yeah oh, <laughs> that, i haven't heard Looking that back man. at that if you're if you're trying to pick between bruce gradkowski and jason campbell like
0: ugh. I, I think I'd, I'd think i'd rather uh pick a, a gun and one bullet than i would pick either of those guys <laughs> oh my god yeah 2010 that was like the one good chiefs year i had uh in my entire fandom too yeah, the Chiefs still
2: won the division, I think.
0: Yeah, it was it was their one good year with uh, with Matt Castle and Todd Haley. And uh, to, to even call it a good team would be a bit of an overstatement, I think. Um, they had Jamal Charles, and that was all they needed, though.
1: Yeah, he, he right. was the number one fantasy uh, player mm-hmm. for a very long time.
0: Yeah, Bobby has sent pictures in the Discord of his brother at the Lions game. The picture of him actually at the stadium is very funny to me. I don't know why.
1: Yeah, it, to be um, honest, he did not wear the uh, eagle head for most of the game, but I told him oh. to put it on for this picture.
0: <laughs> coward. What a coward. No offense, but what a coward. Well, he
1: couldn't see. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> the okay, eyes fine. are at the beak. So it, that would, if, if, if well. the
0: eagles blew the lions out, that, that was probably a game he would have been happy to actually see. So I guess I, I guess I get it.
1: Yeah. A lot of people wanted to take pictures with him and lions oh, fans sure. too. So, cause we were like three rows up from the front. So mm. a lot of people were, uh, Asking for pictures, like, by the field.
0: Do you guys think if I wear my Zubaz to the Chiefs game next year, are people going to want to take a picture with me? I would. You would? I would. (laughs) Oh, I don't know if I... I'm I'm sure there will be some people in that stadium that also have, like, similar pants that that I do. Like, like, it's a red and yellow team. Everyone's going to wear ugly-ass, bright red and yellow something or other.
1: I mean, I'd do it just to show people. Like, hey, look at this idiot. (laughs) Look at this fucking guy.
0: (laughs) I'll have to take a picture
1: with Elena at some point with me wearing the Zubaz. Just bring it to uh, our meetup later this year.
0: Okay, in in uh, in a hundred something degree weather, I'll be wearing those pants. Yeah, yeah, sure. You can wear it in the hotel. Okay, fine. Ah, uh, that's something to look forward to this year. That's only a few months yeah. away. Anything else about about football that we should talk about?
1: Not that I can think of. There's a lot of storylines, but I think we covered the major ones that we care about.
0: Yeah, and like I said, all the major off the field stuff. I'm not really wanting to get into the ickier stuff. Like I feel like yeah. Our, our opinions on that are probably what you expect them to be because I feel like that's what they should be, and didn't want to didn't want to bring the mood down with that. I'm fine to make fun of Aaron Rodgers because I think he's just a fucking idiot at this point, but <laughs> but yeah, it was a fun year. Um, actually starting to pay attention to the entire league near the end of the year. It was fun to keep to uh, keep track of everything. A lot of unpredictable stuff happened. I definitely do not expect the Bengals to win the or make it to the Super Bowl, but yeah, it was a fun year, and I'm hoping next year is going to be even more fun. It's always feel like this period before the draft is always just a whole lot of unknowns like you have no idea what what these teams going to be like um before the next year in those two months between the super bowl and the draft so this period should be fun hopefully we get more enlightenment on what the next year will be and i think if you guys are okay with it we'll probably do something like this again before the before the year starts just to see how wrong we were about everything oh yeah. for sure this was fun yeah, oh, yeah. this a lot was, of fun this is a lot of fun this group will see you all again in august or so maybe early september to kick off the NFL season. But yeah, as of right now, I just want to thank you both for coming on the show. Um Bobby, it was good to have you again. I think we'll do a commentary yep. again, a commentary pretty soon. Whenever I can find the time. Arcadio, it was good to have you. Do you feel less nervous now than me. when you started?
2: Oh way less. Yeah. Way less.
0: Yeah. You just have to awesome. like it helps it helps when you're talking to people that you actually like talking to. I feel like yeah, when in my experience, like even just doing the first episode with Manny, I was really nervous, but you know, five, ten minutes in, I just remembered I was talking to my friend and it got easier.
2: Yeah, no, I, I had a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, and I had a lot of fun with both of you guys. So um, as we always do at the end, Bobby, I'll let you go first. Plug your stuff.
1: Yeah, um, well, from the Discord, uh, as you know, Arcadio and Nick, we, I have Bobcat Music with Cat um, when we post covers every week. Uh, you can find us on, on uh, YouTube and um, Instagram and Twitter, all the stuff. Just look for Bobcat Music. Um, and then I do a podcast with my brother and, and a few friends called Movie Change Up. Um, we've been a little inconsistent, but if you look that up, we basically pitch different movie ideas with weird rules and stuff and, uh, do a lot of weird other podcasts in between with different movie stuff. Like we did our Oscar reactions, but thanks for having me on Nick. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun last time I was on talking about bond, um, and this time talking about the NFL. So, um, you know, I'm hoping to be on here, uh, whenever you need some, uh, specialties on that type of stuff. But, oh, yeah. um, yeah, it's always fun talking to you. Same with you, Arcadio. But uh, thanks for having me and um, I'll see you guys around.
0: Yeah. Um, Arcadio, go ahead and plug anything you've got to plug. I think you're on Twitch now, right?
2: I am uh, just getting my feet wet, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm on Twitch. uh, Twitch.tv slash pronounced underscore the four letters R-K-D-O on Twitter at ArcadioCast. A-R-C-A-D-I-O-C-A-S-T-E. Yeah. I talk about movies, video games, obviously sports, football all that stuff. But yeah, I really, I had a fun time. I really appreciate you having me on. You guys are awesome.
0: Yeah. You guys are awesome as well. And all of you. Yeah. I'm talking to you, the listener at home. You're awesome too. So if you listen to this, if you made it through all two plus hours of this, I thank you. Um, I know I'm not Manny. I know these guys aren't Manny, but if any of you are, are here for Manny and you still stuck around for this episode, I appreciate you. So as always, you can follow us. I'm going to put Manny and I's link trees uh, in the description of the show. Like we always do. So you can find us there. You can find our show on YouTube. You can subscribe to us there. Um, you can subscribe to Manny's Twitch. I believe it's Infinite Manny one um, He's an f- uh, affiliate on there now. So go and give him some love over there. I'm on there with him uh, a decent amount of the time. Uh, so if you, if you like both of us, that's another place you can find us. Um, so I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to thank you guys for joining. And we will see you all next time.